Hitting the button. All right, I believe we are finally live. What is going on, everybody? This is Randall Thor19, the man with the million. And I'm back again with another Xbox 2 podcast. And with me, as always, the one and only Jez Corden of Windows Central. What's going on, buddy? How you been? Hey, my dudes. Uh, it's all good. Same old. Working, working, and working. How have you been? I've been pretty good, man. Uh, you know, pretty exciting. Uh, been playing some Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we're going to be talking about. There's a lot of news that's been dropping, a lot of rumors. Takeover on Xbox.com. There's there's stuff going on, Jez, you know? There's stuff going on. That Takeover on Xbox.com's been... Come full circle now, right? Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about that. Um, so it's Friday, uh, and like Je- I think Jez says, we're probably going to be doing the show most of the time on Friday, unless there's something really like super important that we need to do the show on Wednesday. Uh, but it, it works out better for Jez if we do it on Fridays, right? Yep, indeed he do. Sorry that it keeps changing, but it's the nature of the beast, I'm afraid. Yeah. So, but with Fridays, that means Jazz can get extra rest and he can get all liquored up. Yeah, it does. It does. And you know what that means when Jazz gets liquored up? He might, uh, he might, he might, <laughs> he might drop some stuff. You know what I'm saying? You never know what Jazz is gonna say. So you never know. You never know. Hey, man, it's you. You with the insider information. I don't. I know don't got any. I'm not. I'm no insider. Don't 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 label me that, Jazz. I am definitely you not the quintessential Xbox insider. Nope. Not not me. <laughs> I, I refuse. I refuse that title. But uh, let me know if the uh, audio is really good. I had an update for OBS today, and sometimes they often change settings. I, I did make sure that everything you know looked good, but let me know if everything sounds good. And uh, shout out to everybody who's going to be listening to this later on iTunes and Google Play. We appreciate you. And we offer the choice. Like, hey, we know everybody can't watch on YouTube, can't watch it live. But everybody who do watches it, you know, we appreciate you just like anybody who would show up live to the show. So, um, we do have a question, or at least a statement already in Super Chat from Adam. He goes on to say that, I feel $399 will be the price at launch. Microsoft has been making so many moves in and outside of gaming. The trillion dollar status might be thrown behind Xbox Game Studio. And I spend and they're in spend money to make money mode now. Uh, I don't think the price will be three ninety nine. I I no, I, I think, think so. I think anybody wishing or hoping for Xbox Series X to be four hundred dollars is going to be uh very sad <laughs> when they reveal the the price to be either five hundred or six hundred dollars. You know, so yeah, I, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't hope for it to be that low. Yeah, I would definitely four hundred. I mean, four hundred dollars sounds good, but I just just people need to kind of. Get that, it's not gonna go that low. That's crazy low. That's like that would be a great price. And I honestly think what you're getting at 500 for what the Series X offers is, is a pretty good deal. So, yes, I, I, I just don't think 300 is the is the price. But how's your week been, buddy? You, you doing okay? Everything at work, uh, articles, clickbaiting, you know, is, is all that going good? <laughs> you know, the clickbait over here, you know, it's 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 nice, <laughs> you know, no, it's uh, man. There is like it's such crazy times right now, and like people are so so thirsty for information about these new systems. Like we are too, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of hype and stuff like that. But I think 
we won't have to wait too much longer to get some juicy news out of Xbox. So, uh, you know, just hang tight, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Hang tight. There'll, there'll be you will, will, there'll be plenty of news to come soon. We'll be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but have you been, uh, you know, with with the whole lockdown going on, have you been doing anything special? You, you learning any new skills, cooking, uh, <laughs> no. spending more time with the significant other, watching any more TV shows than you normally would, playing more Animal Crossing? I haven't touched Animal Crossing for ages, man. I told you last week, I just kind of got bored of it. I decided that games where you can't kill anything usually aren't for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just, I just kind of, it's too happy. I, I need, I need more depression in my games. I think mm, you need the, the chainsaw <laughs> and the destruction and the I need a chainsaw. Speaking of chainsaws, I've, I was playing Gears, Gears of War Ultimate earlier. Like when old school man got my chainsaw lancer, cutting some dudes in half. And was it fun? Uh, was it fun? Yeah. It, it is fun. That game holds up, man. I mean, I, yeah, Ultimate Edition got a new coat of paint or whatever, but mm-hmm. like the gameplay holds up too. Although it's weird, like you you try and do things that you can do in the modern gears, like like sticky grenades on the on the walls and stuff, and it doesn't work. Hmm. So, um, before we get into topics, like we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Rumored digital events. Uh, that report about the PS5 price and limited supply. The takeover of Xbox.com. All these remasters suddenly coming out. Cyber uh, Resident Evil 4 getting a remake. All, there's a whole bunch of stuff here I want to talk about, but before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk about the games we're playing. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Binibic. He's the new member of the channel. Appreciate you hitting the join button. Uh, I need to really work on getting custom like emojis and uh, like little like symbols like people do. Like I need to hit up Cold Eastwood and have the, have him make some stuff for me. Um, so, uh, what have you been, what do you, what have you been playing, Jez? Uh, that, uh, is interesting to talk about. Nobody wants to hear, you know, we got a really good message the other day. Remember I shared you the message I got? Yes. And I replied to him and he said, I would do a lot better if you started playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> and I told him there's no uh, way I'm ever playing Animal Crossing. So what, what have you been playing, Jez? What, what, what is, uh, what have you been up to? Secret games well, you're playing, by chance? I've been playing Gears Tactics. Ooh, he can actually um, say it. Wow. I think I can say it. Well, I can't talk about it, but yeah. Uh, reviewing Gears Tactics right now. Um, so I can't talk about it yet, but, you know, stay tuned for more information on that. I've been playing some more Minecraft Dungeons, which the beta ends on the 20th, I want to say. So, sad, the beta's going away, but... You know, that's something to look forward to after Gears Tactics drops in May. Uh, well, Gears Tactics drops in April, but Minecraft Dungeons drops in May. Also, I've been playing uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition as well with my brother. You know, it's just one of the cool things about, like, Xbox Live that sometimes we take for granted is that you can hang out with friends and family online, even in the era of social distancing. Can't physically go and visit visit England right now, but... I can hit up the fam on Xbox Live, thank God. Um, what else have I been playing? Oh yeah, Minecraft with ray tracing. Ooh, that That's was a thing. topic. I actually have that as a topic. Oh, Ooh, really? Yeah. Well, we can talk about that in a bit then, instead. But uh, that's pretty much everything I've been playing off the top of my head. Mm. But have you been playing anything unique recently? Unique. So, yeah. I mean, obviously the gameplay that I'm showing here is... 
from Final Fantasy VII Remake. I cut out a lot of the more spoilery bits, I guess, that have to do with the story, and it's more kind of combat and stuff. And it's from early in, in the game, Chapter 4 yep. and a little bit of Chapter 5. And I cut out something that happens at the end of Chapter 4, because when it happened, I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember this in the game, but uh, <laughs> I cut that out. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I've been playing some Warzone. Uh, it's still really good, although I don't know how much longer I'm going to be playing it for. It's starting to kind of reach the point for me, like Apex Legends did, like where it was so cool at first, and then you eventually just reached the point where you're like, eh, it's really nothing different. Uh, I'm kind of over this. Like, I guess I got all my Battle Royale stuff with PUBG. I mean, I played that game for 800 hours, and here's Warzone, which runs better, looks better, I mean, everything about Warzone is essentially better than PUBG. You know, PUBG is more of a tactical, slower-paced experience, and Warzone is much more the Call of Duty, fast-paced, you know, quick time to kill. But, I don't know. I, I think maybe my time might be coming to an end. But then again, there really isn't any games coming out anytime soon after I finish Final Fantasy VII. So, may, I mean, I, need, I probably got to hit the backlog. I probably there's some problems. Are there any games. games in your backlog that you're particularly eager to get back to? Yeah, um, there are. There are. Uh, so Horizon Zero Dawn is something I want to play in the PlayStation. I was experiencing some pretty bad open world fatigue when I tried playing it back in 2018. Oh, yeah, and I, I just, remember that. I just couldn't get into it. And now, now, now I got the OLED. So like that game's gonna even look better. Mm. So I want I want to give that game a second chance. Like I didn't really give it a chance when I played it the first time. So I want to play that on Xbox. Um, there are a couple games like I didn't really get a chance to play through Devil May Cry Five. I bought the game day one, didn't 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 even play it. So I want to I actually want to go through Devil May Cry Five, and you know just to shut up dealer, uh, I want to <laughs> I want to actually finish Witcher. I've see the the problem with Witcher is. I have 60 hours in the game when it originally came out, right? So I stopped playing it for whatever reason, and I was probably in the gamer score mode trying to get a million. So I usually when I put a game down, it's personally difficult for me to go back. So I never went back to Witcher. But Dealer constantly rides me about it, about how I haven't finished the, the best game of the generation, right? So... It's like, okay, there's a whole bunch of time in the summer, you know, with Last of Us getting delayed and potentially Ghost of Shima getting delayed, that maybe there's, like, an open window where I can beat it. But the problem is, when I restarted Witcher, um, it just, I sat there and I was like, I've seen all this. I've done all this. And I it, it kind of just bogs me down that I'm going to have to go through 50 hours of the game to even get to new content that I didn't get to the first time. And that's some... You know that that's sometimes that's, a problem. That's a, that's for a me trap, too. you know. That's a trap, you know. Like, I I've noticed because actually that's one of the other games I've been playing recently is um, uh, Mutant Year Zero, right? Mm -hmm. And I re I really like Mutant Year Zero, and I was you know getting in the mode for Gears Tactics, and I thought I'll go back and play Mutant Year Zero because it had that Seeds of Evil DLC, and I never finished it. So I thought I'll go back and play that, and I was thinking, should I start over? So I can like get the full experience and remember what was going on and stuff. But then I decided to just no, I'm just going to carry on from where I was and just sort of get back into it and sort of I'll start remembering where I was in the end. And I think that's the trap, man. If you start over from scratch, it, 
that makes it super for me anyway. It makes it super hard to get back into it. Like I I'm, I can't remember a time when I've started over and actually followed through unless it was like a full replay from a game I'd already completed. So yeah, that that's the problem is I hadn't played Witcher in essentially what four years. So when I when I loaded Oof. up my save, I had no clue what was going on. I didn't remember the controls of the game. I was just like, I gotta start this over. And I started over and played for five hours, and it was just like, okay, uh, I've seen all this. And the idea of playing through fifty hours of content to get to stuff something new is just, <sighs> man, I just, <laughs> I'm gonna do it because I promised I would. It's just <sighs> to get that through that fifty hours again is gonna be a slog for me. Um, I, I might go back and because I never finished the last Witcher DLC either. Well, um, I, yeah, I, played, so I, I might played, go back and finish that. I own, you know, I own like The Witcher Three and the complete edition, and I want, I want to beat it. You know, I, I like, like dealer would say I haven't played it. Like, no, I, I have sixty hours in Witcher Three. I just didn't finish it. But other than that, uh, other than Warzone, it's Final Fantasy VII remake. Finally. Uh, here, I didn't uh, get to play it early like you did. Uh, so, like, I remember hearing from you how excited, you know, like, like you're like, oh, my God. And my buddy Gopher was playing it, and he's like, oh, my God. Right? And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so excited to finally play Final Fantasy VII. Uh, before I, you know, talk about what I think of the game, Final Fantasy VII is one of the most important games to me growing up. I'm not I'm not going to say that it's the greatest game ever made cuz I don't really think it is. But it's really important to me. It really See that that's 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 funny because like to me we have pretty different tastes in games, right? Yeah, you, you like you like horrible but, games, I like great games, yeah. <laughs> but we both feel exactly the same way about Final Fantasy 7. Mhm. Like it was like for, for me too. It was a pivotal game of my childhood and I agree with you. It may be not the best game ever made, but it was one of the most important games to me. Yeah. So I just I to review this. So it's like, okay, and I'm not like hung up on like, oh, it needs to be a one-to-one remake. Like, that's fine. They can do their own thing. It doesn't replace my memories of Final Fantasy VII. And it was like, man, is this game really going to be good? You know, like, it's it's been rumored for so long, and then it's like, oh my god, they announced it in 2015, and it seems like it's taken forever, and I think they removed uh, directors at one point, and it's like, man, it's and when it comes out, it's not going to be that good, and then it's like, oh, by the way, it's just going to be the first part of Midgar, and you're like, really? Just the beginning of Midgar? That's like 5% of the original game, right? And then you start yeah. seeing video, and it's like, well, it looks pretty good. And then, uh, you know, you see longer, you know, the, the the demo comes out and it's like, wow, this is really good. Like, did, could they have pulled this off? And then you play it and you're like, wow, they really did pull it off. Like, it is close to being my game of the year at this moment. Like, my game of the year so far, and I haven't finished Final Fantasy VII Remake yet, is kind of a three-way tie right now between Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Ori and the Will of Wisps probably would be be number one if it actually launched in a better state than it did. And it's kind of a shame that that game actually took about another month to get that final patch. You, you saw that they patched it, right? Yeah. Finally. They finally patched Ori 2 a month later. And they fixed the broken achievements. I finally got my achievement for not dying and beating it under four hours and beating it without equipping a shard and beating it without spending any energy 
and the frame rate's all good and all that stuff. It's like, did you really just need to delay the game another month to to make it like the experience it should have been when it came out? Uh, so, but that's you know whatever. So Doom Eternal was amazing, and then this, and immediately like. The music in this game, Jazz. Oh my god. The music's true. The music, all the remixes of all the songs and oh my god. It's not just the remixes, it's the fact that like they're dynamic into battle music. Like I love like I think I first noticed it in when you go through Sector 5 junkyards and stuff. And it's that sort of gritty so I don't even know what kind of genre it is, but it's like that sort of almost industrial sort of soundtrack. And then that sort of dynamically fades into battle when you when mm-hmm. you aggro a monster it's so well done yeah. so well done it's a masterclass in music design and all my worries about it just being midgar have faded away i'm in chapter nine or ten i'm taking my time with the the experience i'm not trying to blaze through it i'm kind of savoring it like a steak you know i'm just i play mm. maybe a chapter or two you know every night and I'm just like, I'm just going to savor this moment. Uh, because after this, it's gone. And who knows when we're going to get the sequel. But it's it's a full, complete game. Maybe you can criticize it for being too linear. Because it is a very linear experience. Maybe you can criticize it for having some textures that just never load in. Uh, you experienced that, right? Where like the, like the textures that yeah. are like, it's like, wow, that's, that does not really look good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, yep. Apparently, that's an that's an issue with Unreal, and this is like the first time they've used Unreal at scale or something. So mm-hmm. I was willing I was willing to give them a pass on some of that stuff, but like, like I've had time to reflect, man, and and we can't even talk about it yet because you haven't completed it, right? Well, yeah, and then plus, I mean, I wouldn't want to spoil it for anybody else, even if I did finish yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Well, like, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's hidden knowledge that the some of the new plot elements are divisive mm. so i'm intrigued like without spoiling it i'm intrigued to know what you think about that yeah i mean i i really dig the battle system it's fun and i started to use like the quick the i didn't really use it in in the video i'm showing here but more of the quick stuff where you hold l1 and just hit a button Dude. it makes it a I... lot a lot quicker a lot more uh visceral like it makes it makes it like I didn't more engaging. You didn't I didn't know about, know that? about that until the last boss. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, how have I played the whole game not knowing about these quick quick moves, you know? Yeah, the quick moves are great because it's just like you as you're using cloud and you're attacking and you fill it up, it's just like boom, I just hit left, you know, L1 and and and, and triangle to do his focus thrust or what have you. And then I'll use the menus for casting spells so I can cast it on the characters that I want. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm starting to get more into using the quick stuff. And the combat, you know, I, I forget how long I'm into the game now, 10, 12 hours. It's still fun. And, and they do a good job of switching it up where, like, you're Cloud, you're by yourself, now you're Cloud and Barrett, and you can switch between the characters. Oh, now it's Cloud and Tifa, and you can kind of play around with Tifa. Oh, now it's, you know, Aerith joins, and it's Cloud and Aerith, and you can do her stuff. And no, now it's all three. They do a good job of, like, making it uh, fit the story of, you know, you're not always like, well, I have a bunch of characters to use, but I can only use uh, I, these three. It's like, well, no, these are the ones you can use for this level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, 
A lot of people do criticize it for its linearity, but honestly, that's what Midgar was like. Like, like if you if you remember playing the original, it's not like you could go off and explore all of Midgar in the original either. You pretty much go exact. You pretty much follow the exact same path that that you do in the remake, pretty much. Yeah. Like, and um, and but I didn't mind the way it handled the linearity because at least it let you backtrack to some areas to, and they added like extra bosses there, and especially towards the end of the game. There's like there's there's also more optional areas you can go to that have like Final Fantasy style boss battles. I honestly felt like it's similar-ish to Final Fantasy X's layout, kind of. Although Final Fantasy X had like a, a couple of larger areas. Um I actually prefer that to the empty open world we got in Final Fantasy XV, personally. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have a more cinematic experience than someone trying and failing to do open world properly. No, I mean, I agree with you. I, 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 I'm not saying that I think the linearity is a negative. I think it would be a negative for some other people. I'm actually enjoying yeah, the man. laser focused uh, approach to the game. Like you, you just kind of some of the levels are more open, and you can do side quests. And the side quests, you know, they're okay. They're they're nothing special. They're kind of just smaller things. Although some of the fights in those side quests, I recently did in Chapter Eight, I actually died to one of them because I wasn't prepared with the materia system. Which the materia system's great in this. I like equipping it. You're earning XP. Uh, it gets it shows uh, on your weapons too. Which yeah, is great. So like, like I, if you equip um if you equip fire materia with um the elemental material mm-hmm. it adds a fire effect to your sword yeah and you can kind of uh you know awesome. sort dark times wants to know how long it took you to complete final fantasy 7 how many hours was it for you well i i explored every single nook and cranny because i was reviewing it and i had a long lead time so it took me 41 hours to complete and that was doing every single side quest in the whole game um i didn't do any of the post game stuff because in the in the post game you can like you can go back to any chapter on a higher difficulty and there's loads of new weapons, limit breaks, and summons to unlock. Um, but I didn't bother doing any of that because I, I couldn't be bothered to go back and, you know, redo the story I'd just done. But, um, but yeah, 40 hours. I felt, I felt like it was totally a full game. Like, that's one thing, I, one thing I always get on Twitter sometimes from people who want to hate it but have never played it. Um, they always say, oh, it's not a full game. It's not a full game. It is a full game. It is full, definitely a full game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I feel that way now. Like, even only on Chapter 9, I, I mean, I love how they expanded everything. Like, how Jesse and Biggs and Wedge are more of characters now. Yeah. How, like, the president of Shinra is more of a character. How they've changed some of that stuff around. Like, Barrett, you understand why Barrett is the leader he is and why people follow him, you know, with his speeches. Yeah. It is funny that every single girl wants Cloud's D in this game, though. <laughs> like, every single one of them. Like, Jess, she is so overt trying to get in Cloud's pants. And then there's Tifa, who clearly wants Cloud, and Cloud's just like, whatever. And then, of course, there's Aerith. <laughs> she wants- that's, like, that's like the anime stereotype, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. What? Uh, we got a question from Sin Vendetta in the super chat. He says, "So, Rand and Jez, when are you going to play the real 2020 game of the year, Neo Two? Um, I haven't even played Neo One. I mean, I haven't played Neo One. I would have to play that first. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it it looks okay. Like I said, I I didn't play Neo. I would have to play that first. 
Maybe sometime. I, there's some other games I kind of need to get through before I would even think of playing through Neo. Uh, and, and then and then Neo 2 again. Like Salty was talking about that on the, his podcast last night, which I was a part of. Uh, you know, he, he, he says he likes it, but like some of it's kind of just drags on for too long. Like the thing with Sekiro is like Sekiro was such a great game and it didn't really repeat things too much. It was like 20 to 30 hours, but Neo's like way longer and they repeat sections and bosses and stuff. It's like, I'm not necessarily a fan of that game design, but we'll see. We'll see. It's all about time, you know, uh, and, uh, like time and desire, I guess. Uh, I don't have the time right now. Uh, the desire is somewhat there, so we'll have to wait and see. But I'll, I mean, after tonight, like I'll, I'm gonna be basically playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I, you know, like I, I just kind of I need to see how they 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 end this because people talk about how like the ending or how, like how it's changed or, or something and what it means, and I I, I have I haven't been spoiled, thank mm. God, because I don't want to be spoiled. Um. But I just I just need to see it for myself, and then it's like okay, now I need to wait the next three years, or uh, four <laughs> years for the next one. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So we're gonna be yes. moving on to the topics, Jez. Uh, shout out to everybody listening right now. Make sure you guys hit the like button if you're enjoying the show. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, follow me and Jez on Twitter. Obviously, our Twitter handles are on the screen if you're watching. Uh, we appreciate everyone being here. Uh, you mentioned Minecraft Ray Tracing, Jez. Yes. Tell me about it. Tell the me about other it. game I've playing. So, um, first of all, it was yesterday that the Minecraft... I think, like, the Java Edition Ray Tracing beta has been up for a while now. Or if I, Off the top of my head, I'm not sure if that's accurate. But, in any case, I don't play the Java Edition. I play the Bedrock Edition because that's where my realm is and stuff like that. And um, so they announced that they were bringing ray tracing to the Bedrock edition of the game. And the Bedrock edition of the game is the multi-platform one, right? It's the version that you get on mobile, Windows 10 PCs, Xbox, uh, PlayStation Now, and um, Nintendo Switch, and and all those other VR and whatever. That's the Bedrock edition. Um, And the the whole idea about that version is that it's extensible to platforms that don't support Java which is basically everything. So, <laughs> um, so I was intrigued to see how they'd make that work and stuff like, hang on a sec, I need to sneeze, apparently. Well, you better sneeze. <laughs> and while you sneeze, I'll shout out Sin Vendetta for the Super Chat. He says, Neo 2 is actually a prequel, so you wouldn't have to play Neo first. Oh, man. But I would kind of feel like I would need to play Neo first under to get like the game mechanics before jumping into the sequel. And Dead Captain James says, Hey, my complaint with the remake is how often you have to set your controller down or do some annoying escort or minigame. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, there's a lot of cutscenes in Final Fantasy VII Remake, and some of them can be a little bit long, so some of it is like a movie. I... I like that, though. The mini... I, I haven't really done any mini games yet, I don't think. Uh, I did do one where I was, like, breaking boxes in the kids' hideout. It was fine. Um, I you did the dartboard, right? I did the dartboard, which on my second try, I got perfect and got the trophy for it. I wasn't even trying. I, I didn't even know that was uh, like a trophy, but I did that. Pro gamer. I mean, if it was an achievement, maybe I would uh, <laughs> try to go for them all, but like it's just trophies. And who really cares about trophies? You know, like not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. Um, 
I haven't done any escort missions, like, in the traditional sense. Like, I hope that's... I hate escort missions, so... Um, I hope there's none. I mean, I was kind of leading Aerith, uh, you know, in Chapter 8, I think it was. I don't really think of that as an escort mission. But, man, well, that, that boss fight where you fight uh, the Turks, though? The beginning of Chapter 8, though, Jazz, with... Yeah. You fight Reno, and then you fight Rude at the end. Man, those one-on-one fights can be really freaking good. There was the one at the end of Chapter 4 with the guy on the motorcycle. Yeah. If you remember. So freaking good, man. Like, this game has What's no his name? right. That was a new character, right? Yeah, I don't think that guy was in, um, in no, it wasn't. It was the in first there. one. Those, like, this game has no right being as good as it is. Absolutely no right. And it's <laughs> amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I, I, was, I, I am true. I, I was ready to hate that game. I really was. I was like, they're ruining my childhood. What are they doing? Turn it turn into an action game. Like, I was totally ready to hate Final Fantasy VII. Like, you go back and see some of my earlier tweets. I was saying, oh, I'm not really interested, blah, blah, blah. But I ended up, you know, loving it. And per- personally, I think it is my game of the year so far. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, so, uh, was, so continue on with the Minecraft ray tracing. Uh, I've seen some pictures of it. Seems like yeah, people people really are digging it, man. What do you, so continue on with your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, so apologies for that sneeze. But basically, Minecraft Ray Tracing is announced for Bedrock Edition now. You have to get it through the Xbox Insider Hub app on Windows 10, uh, which was overloaded. The amount of people that were trying to get on to play it, which I thought was funny. Um, so there was that whole issue to deal with. Um, but once I finally got on, and I did eventually get in... Um, there was like first of all i couldn't really see it properly because my graphics card couldn't handle it the ui was freaking out flickering and my pc warmed up to like frying pan levels of heat and i was properly wondering if my house whole house was going to catch fire but then i uh i took a quick screenshot and posted on twitter saying like my pc can't handle this but you know it looks pretty nice but um, then I realized that NVIDIA had released special driver updates specifically for Minecraft with ray tracing because I guess they're working close. Well, they do that for a lot of games where they have like specific drivers for like big game releases. But it's, it's rare that they do that for a, a beta version of a game. But Microsoft is working very closely with NVIDIA on the whole ray tracing stuff because they're basically trying to de- define an industry standard for ray tracing here. So, like, that requires cooperation with NVIDIA, AMD, and stuff like that. And um, interestingly enough, World of Warcraft is going to use Microsoft's ray tracing implementation as well in the future, according to code snippets people have found in the alpha for the next expansion, which is interesting. But in any case, downloading the driver update was epic because it boosted my frame rate from from 4 to 5 to about 40 to 50, which is totally playable. Um, it is absolutely stunning, man. It's like, it's like a whole new game. It, it, it looks like something, it looks, it just generally looks like a, a different game. Like it's, it's hard to put into words. You just have to go and like, I posted some high quality clips on Windows Central so you could see it in action, but it's like, it's, uh, it's just like the light is real. You know, it floods in and it reflects off surfaces that it's supposed to reflect off of. It creates shadows It's in the way it's supposed to. Like, if I put a torch on a wall, it'll cast the shadows realistically away from that wall and then make shadows on any object the light gets blocked by and stuff like that. It's uh, It adds a level of 
in immersive dynamism that games just haven't been able to achieve before. Like, I tried ray tracing on Metro Exodus, like, last year, before, like, lots of optimizations were done, and my PC just couldn't handle it at all. So I, I was kind of, like, underwhelmed with it, because I was like, I'm not going to sacrifice, like, 90% of my frames to get this. But now that, like, I've seen what it can do without impacting performance, I'm really excited for this, mm. like, leap in technology. Um, but again, it has... It, requ it requires serious hardware, you know, like, this is Minecraft we're talking about here. Like, it's blocky, and it's simple visually, generally. But, like, it pushes my it pushes my RTX 2060 to its absolute limit. It really does. So, like, and even then, there's, like, sort of buzz around some of the images. And it's not perfect. There's still, like, a lot of work they need to do to it. Like, explosions don't cast any light, which they really should. Um, and uh, the bloom is really aggressive. Like, it looks like everything's misty because it's maybe too bright. I think they need to tweak that. But it's an awesome first step. And it's made me want to invest in a RTX 2080 because I want to see more of it. It's that awesome. Right. Well, I That's mean... the longest short. That's pretty cool. Uh, we got Dizzy asking a question in Super Chat. He says, is the ray tracing in Minecraft better in play? Video sharing seemed like it's just adjusting gamma. Gonna tell the radiologist oh, to put this on man. during treatment today, laughing my ass off. Glad to catch the show today. Hope you're doing good, Dizzy. So what do you think? Is it, is it just adjusting the gamma, or is it you better well, you have to You have to go and see my clips, man. Like, it definitely has a more pronounced effect at night and when you're in a dark cave so like if you're if it's during the day it's really hot if like if the sun is like directly above you it's kind of hard to see what difference it does like then it's just kind of like oh they've just flooded my game with bloom which is easy to easy to fake in a modern game right mm -hmm. but when you're in a dark area with lots of shadows that's when it really comes to life and that's why like in some of the clips i post uh, posted on windows central you can really see like the difference it makes when you you cave diving or you're working at night and you know trying to illuminate a castle or something. It really changes the way you play, actually. It's um because of that. And also the light has different colors too. It's like if you use a redstone torch, the light's red, and it's it's and the different types of ore emit light too. It's just cool, man. It's just an, it's just going to be a nice to have, and I think it's going to be kind of like 4K when you see it in a video it's kind of like who cares but once you've had it in front of you it's hard to sort of go back from kind of so that's how these yeah. next gen consoles are going to basically be like with all the improvements that they're going to have the fast loading you know the ray tracing on some stuff to the point where like once you go back from that you're going to be like oh like i need this like going from xbox one x back to the original xbox one s and and seeing the like how the games look different, especially on like you know the TV, it's like no, I can't go back anymore. You know, I did I ever tell yeah. you the time where I immediately upgraded uh, to HD for the first time because I, I just so it was like back when in two thousand seven when Modern Warfare came out there was a beta, right? And I had an old CRT TV, and my oh. buddy was telling me about how uh, you know. So like a CRTV was like what 480 like I or whatever it was or 40p, and he brought over his computer monitor which was 720p, and we hooked it up and it blew my mind. 
I was like, this is what this can look like, the dashboard and the game. And then the very next day, I went out and bought a 720p TV. And then it's ever since then, I was like, well, now I need a 1080p TV. Well, now I need a 4K television. Well, now I need an OLED. And then once you all make the, you know, improvements and keep on going up, it's really, really hard to go back. Yep. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how, like, like ray tracing works on the next-gen consoles, the loading, you know, like, and then if you got, want to go back to previous-gen and you realize, like, oh, man, I got to sit here and wait two minutes to load and, oh, man, it doesn't look this good. And, oh, yeah, I, I can totally see that. But it's a collection of, like, I mean, I don't want to say that ray tracing is a small improvement because it's not. It's huge. When you when you actually see it, it's it's a pretty huge improvement. But like it's a collection of smaller things, right? It's it's like the, the loading screen, the loading times are going to be vastly reduced. You're going to get like 60 frames across the board. You're going to get ray tracing in some titles. You you might even get 120 frames in some titles and then all the all the little things like the, you know, the latency automatic latency adjustments and all all those little things will coalesce into an experience that will just make it hard to go back to your xbox one x or your xbox one s even or even less you know yeah um so let's talk about uh let's see what do we got here uh i want to i want to rant about these remasters what is going on with all these remasters why are all these remasters coming out now jazz what the heck is going on well, don't you remember a few years ago when Capcom... I can't remember what it was. But Capcom said that remasters were now part of their core business strategy moving forward. But they're not re, they're not remasters. Those are remakes. Those are full-blown well, remakes, which I appreciate. What remasters are you talking about? Like, okay, the rumored Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 remaster. Uh, the Saints Row of the Third remaster. The, they announced the Crisis remaster yesterday. Uh... Observer System Redux, a remaster for Next Generation. Um, mm. I don't know if you saw that announcement. I did see that, yeah. And it's like Observer. Like, Observer is a nice little fine game. I think I even have a, a review up on it on the channel. But who is asking for a remaster for Observer for Next Generation? <laughs> and I've been telling you, that better be a update to the game that I own. But something tells me that it's probably not going to be. They're probably going to sell that again. And then I'm sitting here wondering, like, are we about to start another generation where remasters are going to be a thing? And then we get... It's, it's, it's going to be hard for them to get away with this stuff because on PC, you can just set, you can just set a game to Ultra and set it to 4K and have done with it. Like, they wouldn't be able to get away with that stuff on PC. People will just be like, you know what? I'm just going to mod your remaster into the base game, you know? I'm just like, I don't know if you've seen like, I always think about Stalker. Do you ever play Stalker back in the I have day? Not, I have not played Stalker. Well, Stalker was this like great cult post-apocalyptic shooter that was a buggy, horrible mess when it launched, um, to say the least. Um, and what essentially happened was the community was so sort of inspired by what this game could potentially become that the community, the basically rebuilt the game and issued their own patches for it <laughs> so like if, if you play stalker now you can just download a community patch that's like gigabytes big and it fixes all the bugs modernizes all the visuals and stuff like that 
So like if these develop game developers are going to try and sell me a 4K ultra version of a game I already own, I'm just going to laugh at them and say no. You know, mm. like Obser- Observer, you're selling me that again with the PC settings? Uh, no, you know, you've just tweaked a config file, you know, unless you've like, re- if you've, unless you've like read on animations or read on models and stuff like that. No, you they don't s- get to do that. They said they've added new story content, right? But it's it's not yeah, even it's like it, how much how much story content are we talking? But in? it's like not even remasters that people are asking for. Like people have been begging, begging for uh, the remasters of like Mass Effect, begging for yeah, a remaster of Dead Space. Um, so it's like one of those things where, like, where are those games? EA, what what you doing? Like who? Who asked for a remaster of Observer? Like, who even really asked for a remaster of Crisis? Like, is Crisis at that point where it should be remade? I mean, the game's pretty old by now, right? And, I mean, I would imagine their strategy Mm. for Crisis is basically... They're trying to fund the AAA next-gen game that they have. And a Crisis Remaster on the Switch, on the PlayStation, on the Xbox One would probably do decent numbers and would help get money to fund that. And because it is Crisis, I wouldn't be surprised if their next-gen game is a new Crisis game, whether it's Crisis 4 or something different. What do you think? Do you think... Yeah, it makes sense. It'd build up hype, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, Saints Row 3, people have some would ask for that. That's probably going to start building up the, the hype train for the eventual new Saints Row game. Uh, the Mafia stuff... Uh, you know, there's rumored to be a Mafia 4 and this like Mafia 1 and 2 remaster kind of built up to kind of start the hype train for that game. But it's just so weird that we've come to the end of this generation and this year is just like all some a lot of the rumors are remasters. I mean, they just did Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and there's even a rumor that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is about to get remastered. Um. Mm. And I'm just, I'm just little, I'm just now, now I'm sitting here in Observer, and I'm thinking to myself, well, how many other games are going to remaster themselves to take advantage of, hey, uh, ray tracing, uh, 4K, you know, textures, but then offer it as a new experience, and then you have to pay for it again. And like you said, are people going to stand for that? Because most of the time they don't on PC, but console and PC are two different things. People accept, even though they, they don't like it, people accept paying for Xbox Live to get access to multiplayer. That stuff doesn't fly on PC. Would people accept buying an Xbox Series X version of a game uh, that is upgraded when that stuff definitely wouldn't fly on PC, right? It's intriguing to think about, like whether they'll get away with it because i know devs are going to try this and you're like that's that's why it interested me so much that cd project red were aggressively trying to get out get out in front of this ideology and, and be like yeah we're not going to do that because we think it's scummy blah 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 blah, blah and stuff like that so i don't know well we do have an actual a question from sin vendetta that kind of deals with that he says rand isn't xbox a smart delivery the remaster killer so maybe they all trying to get these remasters out before Series X comes out. Um, here's the thing. I think I said it last week. Uh, smart delivery is not going to be for every game. Jazz, do you agree with that? Yeah, it's up to the devs. It's up to the devs. So if it's up to the devs to decide to offer a free upgrade, well, what's the what's the 
alternative. The alternative would be a paid-for upgrade. So, in my opinion, I think Microsoft got out in front of everything and was like, listen, we built this system and we're letting developers, if they want to, offer free upgrades for next generation, uh, basically no cost to you. We're doing it with all of our first-party games. Gears 5, Halo Infinite, etc., etc., Whatever system you're playing on, you're going to get the best version available to you at no cost. So they're setting the standard. CD Projekt Red's like, we believe gamers should only have to buy the game once, even though if you want to play it on a different system, you got to buy it again. But whatever, that's perfectly fine, right? Uh, but if you go back and read you know, the, you know, the, the fine print, if you read in between the lines, so to speak, uh, they don't say that it's mandatory, which implies that... If somebody is doing a free thing with smart delivery, then the opposite is paid. Hmm. And I do wonder, with Xbox basically being upfront about that, they're basically saying, we're going to make sure everybody knows that we're, we gave everybody, we gave all the developers and publishers a way to do this for free. So if somebody like Rockstar decides to sell you Grand Theft Auto V with Xbox Series X enhancements for 40 bucks, then the PR's on them. Because we were out here first saying smart delivery is what we're, we offered. We did it. They decided not to. Um, that's my worry. Is because a lot of these companies, they're greedy. All they really care about is their, the bottom line. And some of mm-hmm. them, they might get away with selling an Xbox Series X version of a game. You never know. Who, I mean, the question is who would want to risk the bad PR? And there's probably... I mean. Do you think of the big pu- publishers and developers like if G- Grand Theft Auto, like, you know, we'll, we have Grand Theft Auto 6 as a topic here, but like if Rockstar was like, we updated Grand Theft Auto 5 on Series X to take advantage of ray tracing and 60 frames and 4K and all that stuff, but it's 60 bucks, how many people would buy that again? Hmm. You know? That's, that's I guess it ultimately it's it's like microtransactions. It ultimately rests on what the community how the community will react to it. The community is just like, eh, yeah, whatever, I'll buy it again, fine, whatever. Then devs will do it. If the community's like, nah, you're having a laugh, mate, then they won't do it. But, you know, it depends. This is this is like this is something that I might write about next week. That if developers want to sell me a 4K upgrade, which is Effectively, in the era of x86 game development, effectively tweaking a config file on PC, I ain't going to let that fly, mate. So I'm going to probably get out ahead of that, too. Well, I mean, at least, at least Cry- CD Project Red and talk Crisis about Remaster was on the 360, or it's coming to Xbox One, so it's different architecture. It makes sense. Same thing with Mafia 1 and Mafia 2. And I'm perfectly fine. Like, I don't really have an issue with someone offering a remaster as long as the backwards compatibility version is there you know and as long as it's like sorry as long as it's like a really old game that like you say is on a different architecture and stuff fine but if they try and sell me observer again uh and claim that it's new and shiny and stuff and when all they've done is really upscale upscale some digits in the config file nah no mate we'll have to see we'll have to see if they charge for it We'll we'll, we'll yeah, have to wait and see, but we do we do know they are remastering it for next generation. It's like the first one that they're talking about, 
Um, but like something like Mafia Mafia Two, for instance, that is rumored to get a remaster. That's already in back compat on Xbox. You want to play it? You definitely can. And mm-hmm. you know the Saints Row games, same thing. They're all in back compat. So I'm cool with the option of hey, if you bought it, as long as the the version that you bought is there for you to play, that's all that really matters. If they want to sell you another version that's upgraded, then whatever. As long as the version you paid for is available for you to play, then I'm pretty good with that but we'll need we need to kind of see how this whole stuff plays out and what sony's gonna do with it right uh because jb golden in super chat says not like it'd be the first time it happened look at last of us on ps3 and ps4 you had to buy that again i mean yeah different architecture though understandable uh people there's this sony hasn't really said anything about how that works on the playstation yet so you know last week we talked about how cyberpunk and the cd project red they they mentioned that there'd be like a different skew for the next gen, but they didn't really mention the PlayStation five. So it'll be interesting to see if they have their own version of cross by or, or how that all plays out. But yeah. I'm just, I'm just a little side eye into the stuff right now, jazz, because I, I, I just mm. never discount the greediness of companies. I, I just kind of look at it and be like, okay, someone like CD project red, who's very, you know, like, Hey, we're for the gamers. We're going to give our version of the stuff we're working on for free. That's great, but then you have the EAs and Activisions of the world, and they couldn't give two shits about any of you, or any of us. <laughs> All they care about is their stockholder price and the bottom line, and if they were like, you know what, here's Call of Duty taking advantage of on Series X, but you need to pay us $30, uh, would they sell millions of copies? Probably, because pr- most people probably don't even know or care. Like, You know what I mean? They're not really in tune with what's going on in the you know gaming world like we are and everybody listening to this. That people just get on uh, Xbox and get on PlayStation, see what's in the store. Oh look, Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare Two, Xbox Series X, PS Five Edition, forty dollars. Oh, it's got this. Okay, bye. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But I mean. Crisis Remaster, Jez. Would you play it anyways? I mean, I played it on the 360. It's a cool game. I, I can't imagine myself going through it again. You know what they should have done? I've they should have remastered the whole trilogy. They should have remastered the whole trilogy. They should have did Crisis 1, 2, and 3. That would have been that would have been a cool thing, but they individually sell these things. Um, yeah, I guess. But I'm, I've personally never played Crisis. So, like, I mean, is it even worth playing? I, I often hear like, oh yeah, Crisis coming back, but then some people are just like, you know what? It actually wasn't that good. I don't know. I mean, Crisis Crisis was a cool game. It it it's definitely like the precursor to. Uh, no, it's that de- it's definitely it's definitely cool. Like I don't know how it's gonna play out in 2020 because it's definitely a product of its of its time well, for 2007. But um, yeah, let's uh let's move on to uh. I want to talk about this Xbox.com takeover of Cyberpunk, since we're talking about Cyberpunk. And uh, shout out to Chris Neal for the super chat. Appreciate that, buddy. What do you think of, if you go to Xbox.com right now, it it's kind of gets hacked, and it talks about coming back on April 20th. There seemed to be some like ARG going on with people discovering clues, which people found out, and an unlisted Xbox video essentially revealing the new Cyberpunk Xbox One X system set to launch sometime in June. What would you think about all that, Jez? I thought it was cool. Like, I'm not a fan of... Well, I, I'm not not a fan. I just don't really know that much about IRGs, but I know people really like them, so it was cool to have seen them do that, I guess. But um, it's funny because 
This is almost like a bit of an open secret too. Have we talked about that console? We, I, I mean, I remember seeing before. pictures of that console last year, like a like a, a yeah, full on picture. Been... And it. Let me ask you this: Has there ever been a custom console that has come out for a game where the game itself wasn't coming out for another five to six months? Yeah, that's that is that is an odd one, isn't it? I wonder what the what the thinking is there. I well, I mean, obviously like, the thinking is the game was supposed to come out in April. <laughs> Like it was supposed to come out oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I forgot it. And, I forgot that. It was delayed. Yeah, and they had the marketing <laughs> so deal, and it was supposed to be a huge... It's Like, Cyberpunk is going to be one of the biggest games this year. Oh, that is that and, is awkward. I completely forgot that. You know? Yeah, and everybody... Remember, everybody for this whole generation has been on Microsoft about not making custom consoles for their third-party marketing deals. When Microsoft has a deal, they typically don't make a third-party co- console like Sony does. And here you have it, the first kind of third-party custom Xbox One X for Cyberpunk. And it was supposed to come out in April, clearly. Oh, no. And then it got delayed to September, but of course they made the console. So what do you Series X or Xbox One X right now is two ninety nine. But who wants to really buy an Xbox One X at $300 in June when... Four months from then, five months from then, you can probably either get a $500 Series X or a $300 Lockhart, which is going to be a better console than One X. It is a bit of an awkward situation. Like I completely forgot that aspect that it that it um, about the delay. I completely forgot that. Um, wow, I don't even know. What else could they have done, really? I mean, they had those units made, right? They can't just get rid of them. I mean, they'll be they'll be fun collectors' items, I guess. People do collect consoles, believe it or not. I guess maybe they might have reduced how many they manufacture. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they did. I just it's just unfortunate for Xbox that this happened. Uh, and who knows even if Cyberpunk even comes out this year? What if it gets delayed again to twenty twenty one, and people Dude. buy the custom console in June? I mean, outside of that, what do you? I'm going to ask you, what do you think of the console itself? Personally, I think the controller's rad. I'm not a fan of that design of the console. I I like both of them, but like I like the console, but it is definitely odd to me how they don't match. Do you know what I mean? Like they they have a completely different color scheme, almost a different style in a way. But I actually like I don't mind the the console. It's it it looks like cyberpunk console, you know, like gritty dystopian patchwork technology sort of thing. I I like the console actually. Mm. Um, I know I know some people are a bit iffy about it, but yeah. Um, but the other aspect of this is the takeover. I kind of really like that idea of of the game like that hacking the website. I'm thinking, yeah, it wouldn't cool. it be cool if it went just more beyond Xbox.com? Like, if you turned on the console on a specific day, and on that specific day, it looked like your console was getting hacked? To make Well, it... dude, like, can you, you imagine if they put all of that effort in and the game isn't launching? Well, I understand <laughs> that, but, I, but, I, but I'm saying, like, make it more of, a, a like, an event across all of Xbox instead of just, like, oh, we changed our Twitter profile and we're doing some weird things, and if you go to Xbox.com, you know, it, like, pops up with, you know, the hacking stuff. Like, wouldn't it be cool that if it, like, also kind of came to the console? Uh, maybe, you know, like, I don't know. I think, like, you could do more with that 
not not saying like like hacking like cyberpunk, but like big time releases and, and things of that nature. I don't know. It was just it was just a thought I had, but um Yeah, maybe. I mean Microsoft's job is effectively to make third parties money at the end of the day. So like them helping to hype up game releases is something that should really be part of their job anyway. And they get they get paid for doing that because they get a cut of every sale in the game. So yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see more of that kind of effort, I guess. But um it depends which games they have marketing deals with, because at the end of the day, they could, they could, they're also technically marketing the game for Sony, right? Yeah. Since the game's yeah. on both consoles. That is true. Uh, we've got a couple questions here. Jez and Super Chase says, Cool Francis 19 says, Can Jev give us a spe- specific date for the May event, or at least a time frame like how many more weeks? And uh, Chris Neal says, Hey, Rand and Jez, I'm an emergency service worker in the UK. Keep up the good work, and it's helping me going right now. Can't wait for Series X. Uh, man, uh, everybody should really have a deeper appreciation for emergency service workers. Both my sisters are nurses and one of them works on the, uh, the virus floor. Like, you know, her hospital basically turned the, like three of the floors into virus floors. So she's been kind of working that and it gives you a deeper appreciation, especially with all this going on of people who do that type of work when most people wouldn't. So thank you for, uh. Thank you for doing that, and uh, I'm glad that me and Jez yeah, can uh, help you pass the time and keep keep it going. But mom works for the NHS too, and you know it's crazy times right there right now. So uh, we will definitely talk about the Xbox Digital Event stuff uh, when we get to it. Um, <laughs> as a specific date, I'm not going to give a specific date, and I don't think Jez is going to give a specific date. You know, things are in flux. I mean, I think it's early May. If I had to take a educated guess, but uh, yeah, you definitely won't hear like a like a actual date for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if I yeah. even if I knew the date, which maybe I do, maybe I don't. I certainly ha- I certainly as hell wouldn't say it. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, it's uh, some sometimes these things aren't an exact science. I just say like, be patient. You know, you not you don't have to wait for much longer. Yeah, um, Snake Eyes says, hey, shout out to, to you, uh, Jez and Rand, you guys rock, thank you. He says, I really enjoyed Crisis 1 to 3. The graphics were insane on PC, I didn't like how much more linear it got after 1. I thought 2 was pretty open for the most part, but 3 did get pretty linear. But they were kind of wide open, like wide open linear. Like, I really enjoyed Crisis 2 a lot. Crisis 3 was okay. And I don't really remember much about Crisis 1, to, to be honest. I I think I do recall thinking that it was a little bit like hyped up. Like I remember back when that game came out, people were like the PC master race was like, this is the game, you know, like (laughs) crisis. Right. And when I played it, it was kind of just like, really? That's it. I mean, it's just like any old other shooter. I mean, yeah, I guess it looks good, but I mean, not like anything super amazing or whatever, you know? Um, Mm. But I did notice, though, Jez, that Crisis is no longer published by EA; that it's actually being published through ID at Xbox now. So, uh, so does that? Did, did they always own the franchise? Or they just published pub- it on the 360, so they must have had mm. uh, those rights. Maybe they reverted back the publishing rights. But definitely, uh, the the remaster is definitely uh, self published because it's on like the ID at Xbox One. Well, that's cool, right? So, um, 
yeah, it'd be definitely interesting to see. I'm more interested in what their newer game is, you know? Like, is it Crisis 4 or yeah. something different? Is it Rise? <sighs> People want to Rise 2. And I mean, I want to Rise 2. I, I swear, like, if, if it's the next Crisis, I'll shrug. If it's Rise, I'll be like, yeah. Personally, I don't care about Crisis, but I have no frame reference because I've never played it. Yeah. So it is what it is. <clears throat> um, let's see what else we got here. Um, let me, let, uh, I lost my place in discord here. Uh, let's see. So resident evil four. Did you see this? Uh, well, confirmation rumor. Yeah. From BGC? There's been quite a lot of resident evil leaks recently about resident evil eight too. I don't know if you saw any of them. What was about it? What, what was about that? I don't, I don't know if oh, I did. Supposedly resident evil eight's first person again, it's going to be a departure and Ethan's going to be in it again. And I don't know, just weird details that might just be a wish list and stuff like that. But I don't know. Resident Evil 4 remake. I'm, I got mixed feelings about this. How do you feel about it? I, you know what? Okay. Here, Resident Evil 4 is a fantastic game. It's, it's an amazing game. Really? I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it probably, I said it before in Final Fantasy VII that it, it like the game itself probably doesn't need to be remade. However, you got to think about how long it's been. Final uh, Resident Evil Four is 17 years old by the time this remake comes out. That's a whole generation of people who've never played Resident Evil Four, more than likely. And to be fair, tank controls are long gone from the video game industry. Nobody does tank controls anymore. So if you're just kind of coming of age, teenager, maybe trying to experience, maybe getting your first taste of Resident Evil 2, uh, the Resident Evil franchise with the remakes, and you try to go back and play 4, you're probably not going to really enjoy it because you're just not used to tank controls. Yeah. And obviously, Resident Evil 4 is the best-selling Resident Evil game. It's going to sell a shit ton when it comes out. It's a slam dunk for a remake. So while I think it doesn't need it, like Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 did, I would still play the shit out of it. <laughs> the only it's funny because I've only like, I only played Resident Evil 4 once and I don't have a particularly great memory of it. So personally, I would like to see it remade. But after Resident Evil 3, I'm, I'm wary, man. Because Resident Evil 3 had so much cut content. They cut the park. They cut the clock tower. They cut the grave digger, which was like another enemy akin to Nemesis that followed you around through the whole story in the PS1 game. And I was annoyed about that. I was annoyed how much content they cut from it. And at the same time, annoyed with how short it was. And I felt like there's no excuse for the game being that short when they also cut content. And they also tacked on a multiplayer game that literally nobody asked for. And judging by how long it takes to find a game, nobody's playing. So I'm wary that they won't do it justice. And I get that Resident Evil 4 is more beloved than Resident Evil 3 was, so maybe they'll give it more respect. But apparently it's the same developer, and that makes me worry, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess there are some like things like, hey, what sections of the game might they take out? Because they did remove the clock tower stuff from Resident Evil 3, and Nemesis seemed more like an on-the-rails character that showed up at specific points instead of someone who stalked you like mr x did 
Although I do wonder if Mr. X wasn't the way he was in Resident Evil 2, if Nemesis would be more like that in 3, where they kind of felt that it, if if Nemesis stalked you like Mr. X, that it would be too much of a ripoff of Resident Evil 2. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's. But here's the thing: it's like each one of those games. I, I don't really care for a one-to-one remake. I'm good. Like the changes in Final Fantasy VII, I'm fine with, because I know it's something completely different. Mm, the changes in Resident we'll Evil see, Three. We'll see how you feel about that. The changes in Resident Evil Three, I'm fine with. Like it doesn't bother me that they didn't go to the clock tower and you didn't fight the grave digger. Like I really enjoyed that game because I I played for what it, it is, dude, not necessarily. Like- it wouldn't have bothered me if they'd given us something in return, but they kind of didn't. You know, if they'd like, if they'd expanded a section or added a new section or something, but they didn't. You know, like at least in Resident Evil, in Resident Evil Two, like some sections were changed, but they weren't exactly full blown removed. And they got like, they even got like some extra bits in, like that giant plant thing that wasn't in the original. Like they they sort of reimagined the plant monsters from the original PlayStation One game, and I was fine. I was fine with that. I was fine with reimagining and adapting, but just cutting and then shipping a sixty dollar game that's six hours long with a tacked on multiplayer that sucks. I am hmm 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 not a fan. Okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, moving on from that, uh, let's talk about um hmm. Let's talk about the this Xbox Series X. We're going to talk about the Series X rumored digital events and the PS5 price stuff and how they're all kind of related and all this stuff. You know, the big, the big, the big topics. So if you guys are enjoying the show, make sure you hit the like button. Uh, share this out on social media as YouTube does a shitty job. Hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. So Jez, um, there's... There's been some rumors surrounding a couple digital events happening for Xbox here soon. Potentially one in May, another one sometime in maybe June or July, uh, with the reveals of stuff like Halo gameplay for the first time, uh, Fable supposedly getting revealed, potentially a new exclusive IP from a Japanese studio, uh, Obsidian doing stuff. Like, what do you, what do you make of all these different things? Like, what's what's well, your read on it? This rumor originates the collect. Well, the collection of rumors are sort of little things that have been heard here and there for a while, right? But this particular collection of rumors comes from 4chan, right? This particular one that I'm referencing, yes, comes from 4chan. Yeah. Now, typically, 4chan is like it's 4chan's hilarious because either it's like a really great source of information, like there was a dude leaking Pokemon pokemon information on 4chan years in advance of launch and it was all accurate it was all 100 percent accurate nobody believed it because uh, it's 4chan you know but then but then at the same time anyone can post anything they like on 4chan and like any sort of it's for it's flooded with like fake leaks that are just somebody's wish list all the time right so you always have to take what gets posted on 4chan with a pinch of salt and um it's just like 4chan's own slogan says, only a fool would take anything posted here as fact or something like that. So you have to like take it with a pinch of salt. However, it's in line with this, a lot of stuff we've been hearing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, it definitely is. That's why so I like... Got Fable and, uh, you know... Fa- I mean, 
Look, for for I've said it in my, my video, but like there was supposed to be an event in April before the whole world turned to shit. There was supposed to be a hardware event uh, where they where they kind of you know show showcase some of the things that the system can do, and then show off some of the games that would take advantage of that, and and kind of then as, as essentially lead into an E three event in June. Obviously, things changed, the world changed, and they still need to do that because. They still need to get across all this information. You know, there's still... Yeah, you talk about ray tracing, but people want to see that. The Oh, yeah, the, you talk about fast loading, but you only showcased it in, you know, State of Decay 2 and some of the older stuff. How does that work in the newer games? You partnered with third parties. A lot of them are, have games coming out at the end of the year, early next year, that you're partnered with. They want to talk about their games. You have your own games from first party that you need to talk about. Halo needs to be shown off as it's supposed to be releasing this year, and we need to see gameplay of of the single-player campaign, of the multiplayer. Uh, they got a lot to do, and they can't necessarily just do it in one show. So, yeah, the, the, the May event, like, 100%, I believe there is one. Now, when it's happening, I think it's going to be early May. I think we'll find out here in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm just at the point now where... I'm I'm kind of tired of the hardware talk. Like you get on Twitter all the time, and it's PlayStation guys talking about super speed SSDs and all this stuff, and Xbox guys talking teraflops. And like I'm over that stuff, you know. Yeah. I want to see the stuff I'm going to be playing. Like yeah, 12, 12, 12, 12 teraflops is great. A super fast SSD is great. Uh, what am I going to be playing on these systems from first party to third party? Like, how is Game Pass going to evolve? What's Xbox Live going to be like? What's your vision? How does xCloud fit into all this stuff? Um, I want to see it. I want to see what I'm playing. And it's it's time. You know, the system's coming out in seven months, presumably, uh, in November, maybe October, potentially September. Uh, and I understand, like... Maybe it's not the best time to launch a premium console in this time, in this economy, but, you know... What else are you going to do? You pretty much have to at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's exciting. Like, I I mean, could they let me down? Yeah, you know, we never know. It's Xbox, of course. Uh, shit happens. I don't think they will, but uh, I think I think it's all going to be super exciting. But that's just that's just my take. I mean, I want to see. I want to see Fable. I want to see Perfect Dark. I want to see. I want to see what the games Microsoft has up their sleeves for the next two to three years. I don't this nonsense of like I don't want to. We don't want to show stuff that's not you know a year out or whatever. No, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Got burned on that this generation because you had nothing in development. Uh, show me what you're making. Give give me a reason to invest more in the Xbox brand. Uh, give people, you know, like, hey, this is what we're working on, and this is what you got to look forward to for the next uh, th- two to three years. Uh, this is why you should take a second look at X. Like, this is what you need to do. Uh, and I think they'll do it, but they got to completely nail this. That's that's like kind of where I'm coming from here. Um, and shout out to Patrick Gonzalez in the super chat. He says, "Always love the show, guys." Series X five five forty nine ninety nine too low, too high. Goldilocks. I see a lot of people talking about split pricing, Jazz, of uh, the 49 variety, whether it's like 449, 549. I don't think anybody's doing split split pricing. I think it's going to be, I think Series X 100% is 499. I don't see it being a penny over, 
I guess there's maybe a possibility it could be 449, but even then, I think that's probably too much of a loss. I'm I'm planning my flag firmly that that system is going to be 500 bucks. So, and when I say Rand needs a vest, a, a reason to invest, I'm not necessarily talking about myself. I'm more talking about people watching the show. I was just using myself as an example. Like clearly, I don't necessarily need a reason to invest. I'm already invested. Uh, but that's what Microsoft needs to do to show people who are on the fence, like a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are essentially uh, questioning if Microsoft can make really good games. And that's on Microsoft to disprove those people and give those people a reason to buy Xbox Series X or Lockhart and get excited about the games that they're making so that they can invest in buying the console potentially subscribing to Game Pass for an extended period of time, or buying those games. That's what I mean by that. Like, clearly, I don't need to be uh, convinced of investing. I was speaking in, in, in more of that terms. I think most people understood that, but you, you always got to explain certain things, right? Um, so Jess, what do you want to see from a... Same as you, man. Same I, as wanna say, I don't just want to say... I want to say high quality games not just like decent games or like what what people are basically calling game pass filler games you know like i don't i honestly don't have an issue with a team making a passion project like bleeding edge or something like that because they're cheap to make or comparatively cheap to make and you know those passion projects are what lead to things like minecraft you know you never know what kind of creativity will lead to the next mega hit, you know? So I like that Microsoft allows for that to happen and they don't just say, no, nope, you're not working on any passion projects. I want all of you dudes working on, dudes and dudettes working on, you know, the next big AAA banger or whatever. I'm happy for that, um, that sort of creativity to be allowed. However, at the same time, I definitely want to see an answer to your God of War, an answer to your Last of Us. You know, I want to see that stuff. And I think Xbox fans deserve to have their faith rewarded, shall we say, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to see that Microsoft... One of the things I've always been critical of Microsoft in recent years is this idea that they can't deliver... They can't effectively deliver a, a new franchise or whatever, and the ones that they do have are sort of... Sort of... Just sort of trucking along and you know you talk about your fours at halo gears trinity and they're all just sort of like yeah they're good games but they're very rock solid they don't really push the envelope too much you know i want to see the microsoft go above and beyond next gen i don't want to see any of this sort of playing it safe i don't want to see any of this sort of like you know slim budgets or whatever i want to see hardcore triple a bangers that's what i want to see that's i mean that's i just want look i i just want great games i don't really care about the size of them like ori 2 like i said is what most people would consider smaller and indie but to me it's definitely uh game of the year quality the thing is it's not it's not just about the quality of the games it's about games that will grow the platform and will inspire confidence in its future and longevity. So, like, if the platform grows, it'll help 
with these issues like Persona 5 arbitrarily skipping. It'll help with these issues of like, oh, you know what? We'll just do we'll just do timed exclusivity deals with Sony because we're not losing much money from Xbox anyway. You know, the fact that Xbox is such a small platform in comparison to PlayStation is a huge problem. And it has like cascading effects on developers thinking whether or not the platform is actually worth investing in. You know, that that is a problem. And it leads to a lack of conf- confidence with consumers and developers. And it's that sort of negative sort of perception that, you know, can become a death spiral if it's left unchecked. And that is a hardcore doom and gloom scenario, right? I'm not saying that Xbox is going to fall into that, but I want to be reassured that that won't be allowed to happen. You know, I just want Xbox to like show that they, they, oh, well, this is more on Microsoft rather than Xbox. I just want to show Microsoft, I just want to see Microsoft show that they are willing to invest in some risks. And those risks are AAA games on the quality that we all expect them to be. Yeah, I mean, I I essentially agree. Um, I I mean, as far as like the other stuff, like you mentioned, like Halo Infinite being open world but more linear and, and missions. Uh, that's something that I've heard. Uh, he mentions that the multiplayer is going to be in some something bold, which is going to make it bring back the um, uh, help it kind of attain the most played game on Xbox again. And in my opinion, I've been thinking about this, okay? I've been playing Warzone. Warzone's a free-to-play download. I honestly think if you want to make Halo, if you want to bring it back to the level that it was back in 2007, it seems to me that nowadays you got to be free-to-play. And I, I don't think Game Pass hits the right... doesn't do it completely everywhere because uh, Steam is well, still... that's why they introduced Game Pass perks. Right. I know, but I, I just I, I just have this feeling that Halo Infinite is going to the multiplayer suite is gonna be a free download to anybody, whether it's on Xbox or whether it's on Steam or whether it's on Windows ten, you'll be able to just download Halo Infinite and play the multiplayer free. And that if you want to play the campaign, you can buy it and or essentially sign up the Game Pass to play it. Because I've definitely been hinted at by Microsoft in the past that they see free to play as the way things are going for shooters. Because like even if Halo and and Halo is like the biggest franchise for me. It's my favorite franchise. Like even if it's utterly amazing, like the campaign is just ridiculously great and the multiplayer is uh, like so good. It's like you can't compete on a massive player level that Fortnite can or Call of Duty Warzone can, or Apex Legends can, or, you know, Roblox, or any of those games, because they're all just free. You know, and they make up their money in, you know, battle passes and microtransactions and stuff. So if you want to compete in that arena, you have to offer your game for free, too. And I wouldn't Uh. be surprised. And to be honest, that would be a bold move. Offering Halo multiplayer completely free would be a bold move. Uh, Do you need Xbox um, Live to play it though? Well, I'm sure you would need Xbox Live to play it, and I'm sure it would be you know behind the paywall. That's the thing with Xbox Gold and like free to play in Xbox. It's not really truly free to play. I mean, like if you want to play Fortnite, you still got to get Xbox Live Gold. I, I, I mean, I think that's uh, 
they they probably just need to remove the gold requirement for multiplayer. A game dev, a game dev raised a, an interesting point with me about that, and they said, "Wouldn't it be more sensical to remove the paywall for games you've actually paid for?" Hmm, I never really thought about it like that. Well, I get, I get. As I was, ta- I was asking. Sometimes I ask game devs for their thoughts on prevailing issues because. It's one thing for us to bitch and moan about it, but what do people who actually make the games think about some of these things? You know, this is their bread and butter. This is how they pay the bills. So they have a completely different perspective to the rest of us. Oftentimes, um, not that I'm saying our perspective isn't important as consumers, it is. But it's just, it's just the, you know, from a journalistic perspective, if nothing else, it's important to get every side of the story. I tend to find. Um, so I asked game devs these things, and one one game dev said to me something that I'd, I I'd never thought of either, was like, wouldn't it make more sense if games that you've actually paid for were free to play online, and it was the free to play games that you had to pay for beyond the paywall? Hmm. Because like you've already paid for those games up front, shouldn't you be able to do what you want with them? Whereas the free to play games, you don't really pay for them, and a lot of people don't ever spend in those games like they don't spend any money on microtransactions so they're actually like a drain on the game technically you know i never really thought of it like that like you buy call of duty and the multiplayer is locked off unless you have gold so yeah that kind of makes sense like you buy the game you should be able to access the multiplayer but then anything free you would have to be subscribed to psn plus or xbox live gold to play that's definitely that's a reverse of kind of what's going on here. Uh, it's um, it, it kind of reminds me of like some of the um, MMOs, how the MMOs do it. It's kind of like, well, you can have this for free. Like uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, for example. You can have this for free. And there's like a free tier. And then like if you pay monthly, then you get like a whole bunch of extra stuff. And, and if you buy the game outright, then you get even more stuff and stuff like that. But... I suppose like what free to free to play does is generates hype for your game, right? If everyone can play it, then it's basically free marketing, especially if it's a multiplayer game because it's like the fear of missing out effect and stuff like that. And that has, you know, cascading viral marketing potential, blah 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 blah, and I suppose theoretically it does pay for itself. But I just thought it was interesting what that game they've said because I never thought of it that way. And, like, PC gamers never think of it that way either because they don't have to pay any paywall to play any of their games. That is definitely so. true, yeah. Uh, shout out to the Darge Knight. Enjoy your game, man. He says, agree wholeheartedly with everything you guys are saying, but I have a feeling this June event, just June event Xbox will show the lot. They've shown power games. Power games are next. I mean, yeah, the June event or the July event uh, is obviously the E3 replacement. Um, I still expect the May event to show off like you know new stuff as well just not like everything uh digital source says hey most most gamers play third-party games only ultra hardcore gamers are obsessed with exclusives xbox will be fine great show as usual oh yeah i mean i agree xbox will be fine and exclusives definitely have their place in diversifying your platform but everybody i mean i just want great games and you know there's a while there you just you didn't know. I mean, hell, Phil Spencer himself came out and was like, "Yeah, the quality of our games need to improve." I mean, he's even addressed that whole thing about the you know how good their games are. So, 
you know that I think obviously he wants it to improve as much as we all do, and I think they will. So, and the Ravenflow shout out to you. He says uh, to my open-minded gamers like Rand, small games can win game of the year. Remember that Journey won game of the year on PS3. Ori 2 has a chance. Hit the like button too. That's right. Hit the like button. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like Ori, Ori's a game of the year contender. It, it definitely would probably almost be a lock if they launched it in like a complete bug-free state. You know but, it's going to win game of the year, though, right? I mean, if I had to take a guess right now, it's probably going to be The Last of Us Part Two. Mm, nope. What do you think is going to win game of the year? It's going to be Animal Crossing, baby. I mean, I could see Animal Crossing be <laughs> here. Here's what I here's what I think. If you could, I think there's four locks for game of the year, right? I think. I think Last of Us Part Two is a lock to get nominated. I think. Cyberpunk 2077 is a lock to get nominated. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is a lock to get nominated. And what was the fourth one? I always said there was four, but I can't remember the fourth off the top of my head. Um, Ghost of Tsushima? No, not Ghost. I don't think that's necessarily a lock unless it actually turns out to be really good. Cyberpunk? No, I said, I said Cyberpunk, Last of Us, and Final Fantasy VII are locks for Game of the Year. I'm trying to think what was the other, the fourth one I was thinking of. Pokemon expansion? No, not por- not Pokemon. Ah, man. Well, I, I think there's at least three locks, and the rest of it are kind of, you know, split up. Doom Eternal, maybe. Ori, maybe. Uh, you know, Animal Crossing, if that's the big, you know, Nintendo game, potentially Halo Infinite. I don't necessarily think Halo Infinite's a lock. I think if Halo Infinite is really good, there's a great chance. But then again, like Halo may not even, um, you know, make it this year. We, we don't even know how many games are even going to make it by the end of the year. Um, Mm. but I, I think the three games I, though I mentioned are definitely like locks trying to think, didn't I, wasn't there something recently I played? Um, uh, I mean, I, I always said four, but like, for whatever reason, I just, just, I just can't think of the other game. Blanking. Um, use blanking. I'm blanking on it, but either way. Um, so, uh, PlayStation five price and limited supply jazz. Did you, uh, did you read this article from Bloomberg? What'd, what'd you think about it? Yeah. Well, we all know Bloomberg is a business oriented publication. So, um, Obviously, they have like really good sourcing in supply chains and retail and stuff like that. Um, I'm inclined to believe what Bloomberg says about this stuff. I mean, they have gotten something spectacularly wrong in the past. Um, But, you know, as again, leaking isn't always an exact science. But I think it kind of makes sense what they said. And, you know, this whole thing where like I was where someone someone said that PlayStation 5 was overheating and before and then I said something to the to the effect of saying like yeah I've heard something similar to this like what it essentially was was that some a developer offered me a reason as to why we haven't seen the console yet mm-hmm. and it was because some aspects of it might possibly be getting redesigned now, I don't know how true that is. I'm not saying it is true, but it would make sense to me if they can't meet demand because they've had to possibly retool some aspects of it. Now, don't know if that's true. 
I'm not spreading FUD or whatever because let's face it, you can't possibly spread FUD about PlayStation because they're going to be fine no matter what I say on a podcast or what anyone says on a podcast. PlayStation's a huge brand and they don't need some random dude on Twitter defending them. They really don't. However, um, I don't think this is going to be such a big deal. I don't think it's going to be like... Because I remember back in the day when some consoles launched, there were like really big issues getting getting your hands on them and stuff. I don't know if it's going to be like to that sort of shortage extent. And also, you've got to remember that we live in truly unprecedented times, so there's that aspect to consider as well. Um, I don't think it'll hurt Sony, but it's definitely going to be interesting if Microsoft truly has two consoles launching this year with Lockhart, which I firmly believe we are going to see very soon. Um, if Microsoft has two consoles launching this year and Microsoft has like a full-blown launch, full-blown simultaneous launch across the world and they can meet demand, it's going to be interesting to see if Microsoft can actually put any kind of dent in Sony's dominance because of that um i guess that's the main takeaway from it is more like because this this is an xbox oriented podcast right mm. and i'm an xbox oriented journalist so i often see things like how does this affect xbox because that's kind of my job right so like for my money it's kind of like if sony's if sony's having issues meeting demand potential demand and if they're going to make manufacture less playstation 5s than they might have done for the playstation 4 are they how does this benefit xbox you know can xbox is xbox going to face the same issues is xbox going to be able to fill a void is potentially is it going to be a, a scenario where maybe xbox can claw away some market share because they have stocks where sony doesn't i guess that's where the the intrigue comes in but i don't know yeah that, that's what i said that's that's what i said in my my video yesterday was like Okay, PlayStation definitely seems like it's more expensive than maybe they had originally originally thought. It's looking like it's going to be five hundred to five fifty. I don't think I don't really I don't think anything's going to be split pricing like I said before. So I think five hundred dollars for the PlayStation Five. I think both Series X and PlayStation Five are going to be five hundred bucks. Now, dealer is pretty Damn. firmly that he thinks PS Five is going to be four hundred. He's wrong. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, but uh, I he think they're both going to be four hundred. Yeah, he. Dealer, I mean, oh dealer, de dealer, dealer's a great guy. <laughs> I talked to him last night for like six hours. Um, but he, he's going to be wrong about this one, and uh, we should probably <laughs> bet on it. Uh, but I, you Do know, it. Yeah. yeah, we should we should probably bet, but watch him be right because he's usually right about most things. Um, <laughs> and to me, it's like okay, if if they're not producing that many. Because the console is really expensive to make, so they're kind of artificially limiting supply. Because the article says it's not a production issue, then and they're kind of just going to wait until maybe the economy recovers and production costs go down, and then kind of pump them out. Like if Xbox doesn't necessarily have that issue, if they can produce as many as they want with Series X and Lockhart, and then they have the cheaper system there and plentiful stock, a lot of people. Here's the thing I know about gamers, okay? Gamers are impatient. Gamers don't like to wait. 
They want to be part of the conversation right away. They don't want to get spoiled. So when something brand new happens, when the PS5 comes out and Series X comes out, the hardcore are going to want it day one. So if the PlayStation 5 is in limited supply, you know what that means. That means the scalpers are going to come out. And they're going to buy up a lot of those things. And then they're going to resell them on eBay. Because people are going to want PlayStation 5. Right? Regardless of whatever it's launching with on day one. Whether the launch lineup's amazing or whether it's shit. It doesn't really matter. Because people are going to want a PlayStation 5 just like you know they would want a Series X at launch. Like The hardcore are going to buy these systems out no, day, like month one no matter what. Right? And you're probably yeah. not going to be able to get one. And some people will be like, well, if I can't get one, maybe I go to the store and, oh, there's Lockhart for 300 Well, Lockhart can keep me, you know, engaged for X amount of time and I'll play some of the newer games on here and then I'll take the system back and I'll get a PlayStation 5 that I want. Like, there's people that will wait. There's also the holiday shopping season. Parents buying stuff for the younger kids and stuff like that. And if the PlayStation's out of stock and if Xbox is in stock, maybe that's... Uh, something that could be an advantage for Xbox, but we don't know if the problems that PlayStation is facing are the same problems that Xbox would face. Maybe so, but I mean, it could end up being a smart financial play by Microsoft, um, by Sony to limit production. But that's exactly what Phil Spencer was talking about in one of his interviews recently, where he was saying, like, you know, Microsoft, Microsoft is supporting us financially through this. Microsoft has infinite money, basically. Yeah, but they Xbox don't have... doesn't. Yeah, but. Phil's, but theoretically at least, and Phil said that like Microsoft supporting them, and this is this is like basically an important effort to rebuild the platform because let's face it, the platform needs to be rebuilt right now. Mm-hmm. This is an important opportunity for them to this an, a generational opportunity only comes along every few years, and this is an important time for them to try and like rebuild over everything that they screwed up for the past entirety of the last gen um microsoft could just be like you know what if if sony's going to be sort of soft on how much they're going to be shipping out there we'll just go balls to the wall supply as many as we can and use this opportunity to grow our platform as much as possible in an era where developers are literally ignoring the platform you know so it could be just an important time for Microsoft to truly invest and be bullish about it. Even if Sony like can afford to be a little bit more conservative and not sort of have stock just lying around. Because it sounds like if these consoles are going to have like wafer thin um, margins, margins yeah. there's having stock lying around is not going to be a great idea. And especially at a time when, you know, a lot of companies are feeling a pinch right now. Like Sony's feeling a pinch from you know theaters being closed too, and like other aspects of its business have been impacted in a in a different way to how Microsoft has. Like Microsoft doesn't really care so much about consumer electronics, but at the at the meanwhile, Microsoft Teams and Azure and cloud use has absolutely exploded. So like Microsoft's impacting in a different way with this whole virus bullshit. So it's um it's ultimately business decisions that both companies are making that are for the best best for their businesses at the current time given what's going on and like what Sony's doing I'm sure is the smart thing to do but it's just about whether Microsoft can 
capitalize on that effectively and whether they even care to capitalize on it effectively i guess yeah and uh before we continue on with this i want to give a shout out to predator he says uh jedi fallen order missed a cutoff last year and should be in the mix i agree jedi was great uh binubik and the super chat says good games take time uncharted one trash compared to uncharted two and three x says x devs need time support to grow sony devs teams have had two to three console generations uh, that is true. I agree with you on that one. And Penny Unwise says Xbox has control of arguably two of the greatest platforming franchises ever, Banjo and Conquer. Why the hell? Why the hell do they not revisit these worlds? Uh, well, uh, do you want to do you want to be try and be nice? Uh, I understand people want Banjo and Conquer. I'm just not one that agrees with them. Uh, I do think maybe if you want to remaster or remake the first Banjo and you want to hire an outside studio to do it, then probably. Maybe that's a good idea. But I don't think uh, platformers like that, I don't think people care about them anymore. I think it's one of those uh, genres that have that was extremely popular and then eventually kind of faded away. There's a lot of, there's a lot of nostalgia and like... Like the Spyro trilogy sold pretty well. And the, the Crash, Crash Bandicoot sold extremely well in the uk and i talked about that before how crash was bundled with a playstation one in the uk like there's an entire generation of kids whose first 3d game was literally banjo in in my country um not banjo sorry crash bandicoot i'm feeling it now man i'm feeling yeah. it but <laughs> it was crash bandicoot it was the first 3d game they played so there's a lot of nostalgia for some of these games right but it's kind of niche for things like banjo especially conquer like i guarantee they will never make another conquer game i doubt it i no. can yeah i can see them doing remastering maybe banjo because they've got the boost from smash brothers and they've got like it's easily more popular than conquer like it just it's just obviously is and there's more gameplay potential too like you could have co-op in there and stuff like that um but there's no way they'll revisit conquer i don't think but these games are just not as broadly popular as they was. And it's a shame. It really is a shame. But, like, kids these days, like, they're growing up on Fortnite and stuff like that, which aren't, like, the most wholesome games. And um, it's because they're multiplayer and they want to be part of the conversation. And they want to, like, the streamers that are playing these games are basically saying, like, you know, be part of the conversation, play Fortnite, you know. Whereas, like, none of them are really streaming, like, ukulele and, and some of these, like, platforming revival games. Like, Super Lucky's Tale, like, evaporated. Like, it just didn't... It launched and then disappeared, like... Yeah, you ukulele, know. I don't think, did very well either. Um, yeah. And Adam in Super Chat says, Hey, I said this at the beginning of the show that Xbox is in spend-money-to-make-money mode right now. I'm not saying I'm right, but hey, why not? I mean, they're definitely spending money. I mean, they spent money, a lot of money on stuff, so we have to see it all plays out. Uh, Mr. Too Opinionated, I see, he says, Rand, that is a little silly with Mario and Nintendo are still going. Yeah, but that's Nintendo. Uh, platformers on Nintendo sell. Uh, like, sure, you know what? You know what would happen? Uh, Let me give you a hypothetical situation, and anybody in chat can tell me I'm wrong, and Jazz, you you tell me I'm wrong. I will almost guarantee you, let's say Xbox made a new Banjo remake. Right, say they remade Banjo One, and they put it out on Xbox and they put it out on Nintendo Switch. I guarantee you, it sells more than Nintendo Switch, like three to four times as much as it does on Xbox. Definitely, 
Definitely. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a shadow of it that, that happening. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's kind of like the thing with uh, Japanese JRPGs uh, that a lot of the studios avoid Xbox because there isn't really a market because the Xbox user base doesn't really want those games, and when they do come, they don't buy them. So a lot of develop- publishers look at it and be like, "Well, they don't like that game, like, so um, we will make it." But I tell you what, it is Rand. It's a chicken and egg scenario. I think part. I think people would buy those games, but they just don't expect them to exist on Xbox. It's kind of like with like, I don't know. Microsoft has sort of almost worked for this reputation that Xbox is a platform of manly shooters and racing games, like if it wants to have a reputation for offering games that are good for kids or offering games that are like platformers or Japanese games, it needs to earn that audience. That audience just isn't there right now. So it's kind of like that audience will never be there unless they invest. But at the same time, that audience won't be there at the same time because there's no content. So it's like chicken and egg. What do you do? Do you, do you does Microsoft like try what it did in 360 era and try and fund some of its own unique JRPGs in the hope that it brings people over? But there is a mechanism that can help this whole thing around. What is and it? That's what Game Pass. Oh, yeah. That's Game, Game Pass. Game Pass indeed. So we all saw how back in the day uh, the Windows Store was total trash. And, um, you know, it's still not Steam put it that way that said it's become a lot more respectable as a pc gaming storefront in recent years like it actually it actually has decent games in it now like i don't know if you've seen the microsoft store recently but like there's a lot of really good indie games triple a games and all sorts of pc games in there as part of game pass and then when they slip out of game pass they just revert to being regular retail games on the microsoft store who'd have thought that the Microsoft Store would ever get any support from PC developers. I would never have expected that. But Game Pass completely has started to make the Microsoft Store vaguely respectable in that regard. Um, it's still got a long way to go. Like, it's never, it's probably never take on Steam. But honestly, it's at least comparable to the Epic Game Store right now in terms of, like, what's in there. And people always talk about the Epic Game Store, so... Um, Game Pass could potentially change that narrative. Maybe they'd do a deal with Sega and be like, yeah, we get, you know, we got Yakuza in there. Maybe a lot of people tried it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they get Persona in through Game Pass. Maybe they get Persona into onto PC through Game Pass. Who knows? But that seems like a way to do it. And the fact that Phil made a special announcement to the very small but passionate Japanese Xbox user base that Xbox Game Pass is coming to Japan... I think that sort of gives you a hint that maybe that's the way they're going to target Japanese developers. And maybe other other genres too, like platformers and stuff like that. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think Xbox's play in Japan is not necessarily the console. It's uh, Game Pass in conjunction with xCloud. Yeah. Because the, they're very mobile uh, culture. And yeah. uh, I think that th- that would be the way you would do it. Um, but back to the PlayStation 5 thing, because the other aspect of like how Xbox takes advantage, we talked about the limited supply. And obviously, you know, if Xbox is in, in, in great supply, then that helps. But I honestly think if the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are the same price, that works way more in Xbox's favor than it does in PlayStation. Now, I say that with the caveat 
I don't expect Xbox to outsell PlayStation 5 for any of you PlayStation gamers in chat who are angry, angrily about to type something stupid to me, right? <laughs> I said in my video that I still expect the PlayStation to be market leader, but with the two systems at the same price, presumably, we don't know if it's true, I expect, and and with the, you know, the addition of Lockhart coming in at way cheaper, I think Xbox is probably going to regain a lot of its market share not a lot definitely some uh like there's it's definitely going to be a far cry from what the start of this generation was where microsoft had the more expensive and less powerful system now essentially microsoft is going to have the better system at the same price as playstation and then also lockhart at a way cheaper price point which looks more appealing now in the economy that we're in with everybody unemployed and who knows what the hell's going on? Um, I mean, the the fact that the the Wii dropped in the middle of an economic crisis was a huge reason why it did so well. well it did, was the by far the cheaper system. Like, even though like the waggling was inaccurate and the games weren't particularly amazing, in my opinion, um, it did really well because, in part, because there's the whole credit crunch at the same time. And it was much cheaper option, especially much cheaper than the PS3. So, yeah, we got a uh, uh, shout out to King Quan and Super Chat. So, think Xbox will get COD rights back? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they'll get no. the COD rights back. I think I think they'll do that with Sony. Although I expect it to be m- very much like what it is now, where there's hardly any actual exclusives uh, meaningful on that side. Like you know, back in the day last gen and even up until modern warfare this year it was like 30 day period like dlc but it definitely seems like most companies have decided to forego map packs pay for map packs and just for free content it seems to like everybody's kind of seemed to move that way now because you remember how it used to be jazz everybody would charge you for like 15 dollars for for three maps or 15 dollars for four maps and yeah. now, you know, when you have Fortnite and Apex Legends and all these free games offering just free content, like, the AAA industry pretty much has to adapt. And it looks like Call of Duty Modern Warfare has done a good job of that. So it's like everything's free on every platform at the same time. And, you know, it's just free maps here, new modes here for free. And that's essentially what the future is going to be. Um, yeah, so, like, it, if if the PlayStation 5 is the same price, I think that works out better for Xbox They'll probably be able to market it uh, pretty aggressively at that point. Uh, then it just is going to come down to, hey, uh, which system is better? Which has got the better games? Uh, which is better, better services and stuff? And that's where Xbox, you know, Game Studios is going to have to step up to the plate because you already know PlayStation Studios are pretty damn good. But I know there's also a part of me, Jez that is just waiting for Sony to like kind of pull the rug out from underneath everybody by like leaking this stuff. I'm not leaking this stuff, but clearly this guy has contacts and like getting people prepped for the idea of a $500 console. And then at whatever their event they do, they're like, by the way, 400 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, whoa, 400 for all that, for that crazy SSD speed. And you know, that, that, like wow that that's nuts like i almost kind of expect kind of that like whoop four hundred dollars and then watch me be like well dealer gaming was white he said 400 and uh i was wrong on this but <laughs> I, I i think they'll be the same price 
it could um, happen you know it could happen like sony sony has like really smart marketing and you know they know that systems sell on how much they cost and especially like when there's there's only really three players in the space price is absolutely paramount it's not like it's not like samsung right who can release they can be like okay we're gonna we're gonna have a 1200 dollar phone but also we've got this 800 dollar phone this 500 dollar phone this 900 dollar phone like they've got like every single phone at every single price point going there's less of a razor sharp focus on how much a phone costs um you know and apple just released a, a cheap phone this um, week too yeah can, they, they yeah. sure did which is bloody smart play of them you know they're basically the iphone se and put a new gen processor in it really smart like you know so price what, what is, is really what is important. the price of that phone by the way i don't know but it's cheaper yeah, it's definitely than cheaper than their their other phones. That's for sure. Yeah, it's cheaper than the wheels you can buy for the Mac Pro. <laughs> Did you see this? No, I didn't. Oh, sell- yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, They're s- selling wheels for the Mac Pro for seven hundred dollars or six hundred dollars or something. Just set of four wheels. Only Apple can get away with that shit. But in, in, I digress. In any case, there's le- there's a razor sharp focus on the price of a console. So they Sony realizes this and Microsoft realizes this. So I could totally see Dealer being right in the end that it is does end up being four hundred dollars and that all these sites like Bloomberg and stuff, they were all wrong and or they were fed. A four hundred dollar PS five, whoo that essentially would make almost Lockhart use like uh, like at a hundred dollars cheap like imagine if PS five's four hundred and Lockhart's three hundred and Xbox Series X is five hundred. That puts well, Sony that was the original. In, that was the original. Because we originally thought, but like that puts Sony even even better position because who really wants Lockhart at that when for hundred dollars more you can just get a way better PlayStation, and then People, X, Xbox yeah, would really need to showcase to you why the extra hundred dollars is worth it. But like, you know what I mean? Lockhart's form factor could be a factor. Ooh, the form factor yeah. could be a factor, huh? The form factor could be a factor. Like, imagine if, like, the PlayStation 5 is this huge chunker of a console. But, like, Lockhart's something a little smaller, a little sleeker, a little sexier. Maybe, like, it's kind of, like, more suitable for, like, youngsters, maybe. Just so they can get their Fortnite on. Well, I mean, there's also the rumors that the Lockhart console will be discless. And we already know the PlayStation 5 will play discs. So, I mean, like... I'm just saying a four hundred dollar PlayStation Five is, I think, essentially the worst case scenario for Xbox because it puts Lockhart yeah, in a batter, okay. in a worse position, and then it really kind of puts the emphasis on Microsoft to showcase why you need to spend hundred dollars more than the PlayStation Five for essentially maybe not that better looking games, like not that big of a difference. Like we know the beginning of this gen, it was like yeah, there was a hundred dollar difference, but PlayStation was 1080p to 900p or, or 900p to 720p. There was a distinct resolution difference, and we don't know if that's going to be the case yet. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Emmanuel in the super chest says, "Hey, will turn-based RPGs make a resurgence? Final Fantasy VII remake is bad. Well, your opinion's bad. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I would I would love that, you know. And there's like um, Bravely Default too." is announced for Nintendo Switch, and I'm really excited for that. And that's a classic turn-based JRPG. Um, I think cloud-based gaming could help elevate 
the status of turn-based games. And I partially think Gears, the whole reason Gears Tactics was greenlit is because it's going to be completely agnostic of latency. They can very easily get touch controls into it. Gears Tactics is going to like really come into its own when xCloud is fully launched. Um, like, you know, later in this year. Uh, and also games like XCOM and stuff like that. So I really think, I would like to believe turn-based JRPGs come back, could come back. You know what was a really great game that deserved a sequel that never got one round? What was? What? Child of Light. Yeah, it was. Ubisoft it was really cool. Child of Light. Yep, it was that really was cool. That was a really cool, nice little game made by a passionate team. Beautiful artwork and fun sort of classic JRPG-style gameplay. And Ubisoft instead wanted to make 50,000 games that were open world and all had the same gameplay. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it, my dude. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. Um let's see here. Uh, Gamescom was canceled, Jazz. Was this a shocker? It's not a shocker at all. It's kind of sad though. I mean, Gamescom man. You you think E3 is crowded? Mm, Gamescom. Now, Im- yeah. now imagine Gamescom. Now imagine E3 and then multiply it by a factor of 4, and that's roughly what you get at Gamescom. I've ne- I've been to like I've been to like Nine Inch Nails and Slipknot in concert and like squashed in the mosh pit and they were even less crowded than Gamescom. (laughs) Gamescom is like the ultimate vector for spreading a virus. So I'm not even vaguely surprised it was cancelled. But it's sad, you know, like Gamescom is like such an amazing event. Like even though it's it's a lot of hard work because... I am I am exercise skeptical, Rand. I don't know I don't know if you know this, but I'm not the biggest exercising guy. Okay. But walking around Gamescom is hard work. But at the same time, seeing all that passion concentrated in such a small space is really inspiring. So it's a shame that it's cancelled. Yeah, and they're talking about having some sort of digital replacement. Um, it's just yeah, basically 2020 is just a wash at this point. Uh, everything's basically getting cancelled. And uh, you know, yep. <laughs> it's like couldn't have picked the worst year. New games, new consoles. I mean, obviously, I don't want this to happen any year, but you know, it's just uh, unfortunate. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was Grand Theft Auto Six. There was a there was an article by Jason Schreer, who, by the way, has left Kotaku, and now there's literally no reason to ever visit Kotaku again because <laughs> say what you will about Jason. Jason is it Jason Schreer or Jason Schreier? Or, I don't know. Either way. Say what you will about him. Uh, he does good investigative uh, journalistic work. I enjoy his, his 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 articles, and you know people really like his books. And he was basically the only ever reason I went to Kotaku because, for the most part, I think that website is trash. So now that he's gone and left, there's no no reason to ever visit that website. I, he's probably going to do his own website with a couple other people. But he talked about how Rockstar North is changing their. Um, uh, you know their their culture essentially, and that in there's reporting. This was like the big takeaway that other websites kind of went with was that Grand Theft Auto Six was an early development, and not not coming out anytime soon, and that it was going to be moderately moderately sized for a Grand Theft Auto game with tons of post loss con- content, and a lot of people were quite upset by that. Um, well, are you surprised? No, because Dan Hauser left. And we had heard rumors 
for a while that Take-Two wanted Rockstar to start releasing more games at a faster clip. So And also, they want to change their company culture to be less crunch-oriented, mm-hmm. which would require smaller games, basically. Yep, essentially. So, And obviously, I think people are worried. Here's the worry for a lot of people, is that the campaign which people love in Grand Theft Auto, is going to get the short shrift and they are just going to focus most of their efforts on pl- on Grand Theft Auto multiplayer. Because obviously that is the huge moneymaker uh, for Grand Theft Auto. And yeah. with Dan- I would say if Dan Hauser was still there, I'd be like, that's not going to happen. He wouldn't let that happen. But he ain't there no more. And not- Dan Hauser announced where he's going? No, he has not. So... I, I, he might be out of the games industry. He probably, you know, had more than enough money to retire. You know what I mean? Yeah, but when you're that, when you're on that level of creativity and productivity, you don't quit, man. You don't quit. You might quit in in like, I don't know, in theory, but you don't quit in your mind. Like I always see Cliffy B talking about wanting to consult on gears and stuff. Creative people just. They can't quit, man. It's just the way it is. We did have a super chat from somebody earlier that I completely missed about asking about Cliffy B coming back. And I think it's pretty apparent Microsoft doesn't want anything to do with Cliffy B. And I do see him kind of like, you know, I'm here, Microsoft. You know, if you want to help, you know, Cliffy, you probably should have helped the people that you started your company with. You know, like, uh, Mm, yeah, either way. Um, You won't see Cliffy B working at Microsoft, put it that way. Yeah, you you definitely won't. Um, so like basically, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, so Grand Theft Auto Six, probably you're looking at what 2023 at this point, most likely. And I'm not with Hauser gone and hearing this stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that excited. Grand Theft Auto is one of the all-time great franchises, and if they focus more on multiplayer. That's going to be incredibly disappointing for me because I couldn't give two shits about Grand Theft Auto's multiplayer. But unfortunately, you and I, my friend, are in the I minority. Know, I know. It's just an end of an era, man. Like, you, you kind of end figured of this was coming because he was gone and probably more people left. And it's just like, think about it. 2013, they released Grand Theft Auto Five, And then in 2018, they released Red Dead Redemption 2. That's it. That's the, mm. that's it. They there is two games, and then they were they they you know did a, a you know a remaster for Grand Theft Auto Five this gen, which I think is the best selling game of this generation, is it not? Uh, if you don't count Microsoft, uh, Minecraft. Sorry, I'm getting pretty drunk now. Uh, I, I can hear it. So let me give a shout out to <laughs> I'm I'm Jay Got. He says, uh, "Do you think Microsoft will put their foot down on timed exclusives not coming to Xbox the same way Steam spoke out against?" Epic Game Store. Um, mm, well, Steam spoke out, but it didn't really change anything. Epic's still working hard on getting exclusives and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, money's just more important than anything in this industry. Like, don't don't expect like morals, like honor and stuff, isn't really a, a factor when it comes to this stuff. If and Epic Games is sort of... Epic Games is at a point where it needs to look beyond Fortnite because Fortnite is shrinking. 
you know, and it's they they're sort of entering their post Fortnite age, and you know they don't have infinite they don't have an infinite cash cow. Like Fortnite's still going to be big, of course it is. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not going to be like their bread and butter forever. So that's why they're pivoted to making their own storefront and trying to you know move a bit beyond that, and also you know further solidifying Unreal Engine as the de facto engine for triple a game development which it practically is these days anyway but um i completely lost my train of thought yeah i don't i think time exclusives are going to even be a more of a thing at the beginning of this next gen i think sony's going to do a bunch i think microsoft i mean they're going to do stuff with xbox global publishing some people might look at those as times exclusives but they're really not those will be like exclusive exclusives but mm. at the beginning of a generation i think I think it's going to be it's going it's going to happen more, not less. You know, Sony's going to be looking to bolster their lineup and get people. You know, like we need to make this game PlayStation Five only because a lot of the third parties are going to be cross gen. So Sony's going to want people to give a reason to to buy their new hardware, and maybe you know with everything how it is, some of the games won't be ready on time. So they're going to have to essentially uh, buy a game like Godfall. You know, yeah. Um, Let's see, we got another question from Sin Vendetta. He says, My appreciation for Jazz went up tenfold with him tearing it up in a slipknot pit. Keep it up, metal. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got like, I'll post on Twitter if, if you at me. I got a load of photographs from my slipknot concert. I like, I, I only went a few years ago and I thought like, I owe it to my teenage self because slipknot were playing in Birmingham with corn supporting. So it was slipknot and corn in the same bloody show for 50 pounds which is like a steal like nine inch nails cost 80 pounds and they didn't talk to the audience once corn and slipknot in the same concert it was the best gig of my life it was just absolutely incredible even though like i've kind of like outgrown the music maybe they were just so passionate like they're on stage talking to their fans the whole time like being really appreciative and loving being there it was incredible man absolutely yeah. incredible i love slipknot too i, I actually right before, when you joined the podcast i was listening to unsainted uh, i haven't heard some of their newer stuff i need to go back and shout out to the raven flow he says my mistake i meant rts not turn-based um huh well he was he mentioned earlier how he thought uh uh something about uh he wanted i forget i can't i can't see the thing but yeah shout out to ravenflow appreciate the uh support um yeah so one last thing uh there's this uh rumor jez that i wanted to kind of uh ask you about and just put the kibosh in because people sent me the stuff is xbox buying sega sega no <laughs> you, you, you ever wonder how this stuff spreads like people send me this stuff and it's like oh my god it's happening xbox is buying sega Oh my god, it's just like where do people come up with this stuff? Um, didn't it come up because some game went to Game Pass or something? I mean, you, the queues of games are in Game Pass. Um, other than that, I think like it's 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 a combination of what Phil's hinted at with wishful thinking. Like Phil said that they they want to be deeper in Japan, they want to buy a Japanese studio, stuff like that. Um. And I suppose, like, Sega is probably in the realm of affordability for Microsoft. Like, I could see 
I could see a world where Microsoft invests in buying Sega. I can see a world where that happens. Do I think it will happen? Mm, probably not. You know, um, Microsoft could afford to, and I like to think that, you know, maybe they see value in, in studios like Relic, you know, working on Age of Empires and, you know, some of the franchises that are big in Japan, you know, God, Sonic even, you know, it's not going to happen. So it's just wishful thing. It's just someone wishing, you know. It'll be a big headline if it happened. Dude, I'm so drunk right now. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's the show, guys. Obviously, we'll take some questions if you want to ask Dude, us some stuff. Dude, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm all right to go for another couple of hours. Yeah, but unfortunately, we ran out of topics. Uh, we can keep on going as long as someone uh, gives us some interesting questions. So, you know what we should do? We should do for charity one time. And I, I'm not going to make you play a game again. Okay. We should do like a 12-hour podcast or a something. A 12-hour right. podcast? We would. There's not enough to do to, to talk about. Like, we could like we could like just talk about our entire gaming career. Like go through every single game we've ever played for 12 hours for Ugh. charity. Yeah, I don't think anybody would. would people watch that? I don't. I don't, no, I don't know. I don't think anybody would watch that. But uh, if, you, if, you, if you have any questions, <laughs> put them in chat. Uh, hit the like button. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Shout out to everybody listening to this later on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Two Opinionated says, hey, Jez, uh, that size of a studio may be a deal, but full on buying? Nah, not Sega. I mean, it's, it's possible Microsoft could do an exclusive game with Sega. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I think. I mean, they are. They're doing Age of Empires. Well, the, yeah, okay, that's with Relic, but, you know. Sega own relic. True, right? that is true. Uh, Ryan McCauley says, "Has Jez played Banner Lords?" I haven't, but you know what, man? We are doing so much traffic on Banner Lords right now. People love that game. What is what is Banner Lords? It. It's like a medieval simulator, basically. Mountain Blade. You know Mountain Blade. Yeah, yeah Mountain yeah, Blade yeah. Two. Banner Lords. You basically get a sword, you get a horse, and you go and kill kill dudes. You know. It's really popular on PC. Um, I don't know if it's coming to Xbox. I think it is coming to Xbox. I don't know if it's on Xbox now, but it's super popular. I need to check it out. But um, thanks, thanks for reminding me. Actually, I need to check that out. I, um, someone on my team absolutely loves it. So, yeah. Uh, Greek Strawberry wants to know: Is the digital event the first week of May? Uh, yes. I mean, what? What? Uh, <laughs> what? What'd you say? Uh, I, I don't know. What did I say? I, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I mean, there's there's a good possibility it's the first week of May, but nothing is ever uh, confirmed until Microsoft confirms it. You know? Yeah. Just wait for the official word. Just just if wait for the official word. It's definitely not going to be that long May. now at this point. Probably a couple weeks away. Maybe three weeks. Maybe two weeks. Very yeah, well could knows? be the first week of May. Maybe the second week of May. Maybe. maybe. Uh, I don't know. Stuff's coming. Uh, Nine Lives wants to know, hey, will we see Obsidian's new game at the digital event? Like, I don't know what's going to be at the events. It, I mean, it, there's a good possibility it could be at the E3 one or this one. Uh, not really sure yet what's going to be at what. So I can't really say definitively if it's going to be there. Um, Sir Blood Raven wants to know, hey, Rand, where's the win the Winds of Winter and where's a proper action RPG from a Song of Ice and Fire universe? Yeah, where is Winds of Winter? What the hell are you doing, G George? Like, what is... I, this is a... What is... um, a uh, 
uh, Game of Thrones writer. He wrote Game of Thrones. Basically, making uh, an RPG. No, no, like an RPG in the the universe would be amazing, and I agree with Sir Blood Raven on that. And yeah, he's been working on this book seemingly forever. Like I think the last one came out in 2011. It's like, yo, what are you doing, bro? Uh, don't die on me before you you finish the series, like Robert Jordan did with the Wheel of Time. So, um, yeah, H Myers wants to know, hey, when can we pre-order the Series X? Well, Phil said that he didn't think it, you, you didn't think you should pre-order something without knowing the system's price, and then he said summer. So I'm assuming at the June or July event, whenever they reveal the price, would be a good time to also then reveal uh, the pre-orders. Like, hey, it's Series X is four ninety nine, Xbox Lockhart Series S is two ninety nine, and you can pre-order today, right now. That's that's what I think is going to happen. Um, Snake wants to know, hey, do you wish Lockhart wasn't a thing so the main attention would be focused around the Series X? I um, think that Lockhart is super important because it allows Microsoft to control the narrative on price and power. And also given, it's kind of lucky in a way, whereas like, here's what I heard, right? Jez, you, you, know, you better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you I don't want you I don't want you to say anything that you should not say. Well, I be heard that. be careful. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. I am trying to remember if I can or can't say this. I heard there was a chance they weren't going to do Lockhart. Um because like you guys they thought that maybe taking the focus off Series X wasn't a good idea. And again, this is just what I heard. Don't know if it's true. Can't verify this. This is just rumors hearsay from inside the industry. I heard they were considering not doing Lockhart, which is where some of those rumors that Lockhart was canceled came from. But it's kind of lucky that they did go through with Lockhart because given what's happened to the economy, they're going to have a cheaper option, which is potentially a good idea given what's going on in the world right now. Dude, I am so wasted. I, I yeah, I could, <laughs> I can tell. Um, shout out to I Game. Just, I drank this whole bowl. Uh, Game Genie Prime in the super chat says, "Rand, you still believe in the Lockhart handheld? That is that that's Jez's baby." No, 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 that's Rand was like, Rand was the one who made up that about the Lockhart Me? handheld. Uh huh. Because he was like, you know what? I wish. Microsoft had a handheld like Nintendo because the only reason I don't like Nintendo is because it's not Xbox. That's what Rand told me, guys. Yeah. That's what Rand told me. No, yeah. your your dream was that Lockhart was some uh, some Nintendo Switch hybrid. Man, it's it's pro- it's problematic when I'm I've been drinking because I can't remember what I can and can't say. Yeah, shout out to uh, Kid Smooth, the best bot. He says, "Got to podcast late." Jez, is Xbox event in May really happening? If not, what should we expect in May? I am drinking Maker's Mark whiskey for Merle Films who asked that. And um, was that Kid Smooth's question? Yes. Kid Smooth is a cool dude, and I really enjoy his content. Safe to Kid Smooth. But um, I can't even remember what he asked now. Uh, if the events in 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 May essentially is the is the uh, Xbox event in May really happening, and if it's not, what should we expect in May? 
Well, thing is, right, I've heard for definite that there is some kind of Microsoft hardware event in May. I've heard for definite that that is a thing that is happening, that there will be a Microsoft hardware event in May. Don't know when in May. Um, and we heard this before the 4chan leak, which is why when 4chan posted that, I was like, if they know about the hardware event in May, does that mean they know all the rest of the stuff in this 4chan leak is accurate? That's mm. what, like, that's what I was thinking. I don't know when it is in May. Like, I haven't seen a document. Like, I always say, like, I need a document. Give me a document or give me a photograph because I can't just, you know, I need something physical to write this down. But I don't know when the date in May is, but I'm expecting early May. There's going to be some kind of hardware event. Don't know what's going to be there. Have no idea. But when I said it's going to be exciting times ahead for Xbox stuff, it was potentially referring to something that's going down in May. So, yeah, take that for what for what it's worth, <laughs> right? I mean, I I think there's a whole bunch of good good stuff coming. So it's just a matter of uh... the thing is like with E3 canceled, they can they've got this opportunity to spread things out a bit. And like they can drive hype and they can show a little bit in May and show a little bit in June, which is the other rumor that, you know, well, it's not even a rumor. They pretty much said they're going to have an E3-esque show, right? Mm-hmm. So um, um, there's definitely going to be something in June. That's not even really a leak. Microsoft's already said that. But for whatever's going down in May, I don't think you'll have to wait too much longer to find out. No, I agree. I mean, the original plan was an event in April before everything went down. I think everything pretty much got delayed a month. So they got a lot of stuff they need to tell people. Two events make sense. I believe there is an event in May. Uh, when that event is, really soon, I think. Uh, but I'm not going to tell anybody the date because I'm not. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't leak. I'm not like that. And uh, what are you talking about? You don't leak. I never. You're leak. like. You're like the number one insider, man. No, I'm not. I never Randall insider. I never say anything publicly. I mean, the only thing I said publicly was Horizon Zero Dawn, and people wanted to kill me for that. People wanted to. People came at my <laughs> Do you feel neck. Bad? They Do came. You feel bad? No. What's be- the next? What's the next PS4 game going to PC, Rand? Uh, I mean, the games that I heard alongside Horizon, but I mean, I heard like Last Guardian and Gravity Rush Two. But I don't think there's any more planned for this year. And there was that like there was that whole France Amazon France thing where like they started like listing Bloodborne and and uh, Gran Turismo Sport and Days Gone and like the PlayStation Five on it whatever like and then some like uh, Nintendo Switch games and stuff like that. Um, and obviously Sony came out <clears throat> and <laughs> Sony came out and said uh, that's an inaccurate error. And that, uh, you know, uh, they haven't announced those games for PC. And it's like, okay, so it's an inaccurate error as opposed to what? An accurate error? <laughs> and um, oh, and they man. said, yeah, it's not coming to PC. We haven't announced it for PC. Like, yeah, we know you haven't announced it for PC. But sometime with PR, you got to read you gotta read in between the lines and see what's not said. They didn't say the games weren't coming to PC. They just said it. It was an, an inaccurate listing, which says, you know, if one of them's not true, like Bloodborne, then they can say that. And they never said the games weren't coming. Now, is, do I think something like Bloodborne's coming to PC? Probably not. 
But is Days Gone coming to PC? Probably, yeah. Is it coming this year? Most likely not. Are more PlayStation games coming to PC? Absolutely. Will they come day and date with their counterparts like Last of Us Part 2? No, they won't. They'll be like a year or two years later or whatever have have been. But more PlayStation games are going to come to PC. Um, mm. Shout out to Darth Paxton. He says, F, marry, and kill. Obsidian 343 Ninja Theory. Who would you F, marry, and kill? F. Uh, I would... Like, F, like F in the chat? I would kill... Uh. Hmm, I would kill Obsidian. I would... Dude! I would marry Ninja Theory, and I would F343. I would kill 343. Oh. I would marry Obsidian and F Ninja Theory. Hmm. Dude, I'm so I'm so convinced Hellblade 2 is going to be a banger. I'm so convinced of this. I mean, yeah, Ninja Theory is a great developer. I, I have no... Hellblade 2, I think, is going to be absolutely amazing. I think it's going to be deeper than Hellblade 1 was. And, uh... I don't want... I don't... I loved Hellblade 1 for what it was in terms of its art and what it wanted to portray. But I need Hellblade 2 to be more of a game. I need it to be more of a video game, man. I, mean, I need I, it to be like an actual video game, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Got... I I, re- I just really hope that it's like a, got like skill trees and lets me kill stuff and lets me explore and you know more of an. Uh, I don't want. It doesn't have to be full blown open world, but I don't know. I just want it to be more of a game. Uh, yeah. Um, anyways, I think that's a good time to end the show. We don't want Jez to say something that he'll regret later. So <laughs> make sure. Dude, if, I'm, in to- I'm in total full blown control yeah, right now. Yeah. I, I, no, you're not. So if you guys enjoyed the podcast, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button, follow me and Jez on Twitter and hope everybody enjoys this later. Who's listening on uh, Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. We'll probably be back on Friday next week with more talk. Um, hopefully more stuff comes out. Next week, we're getting close to May, and uh, maybe more stuff comes out about digital event or some of the other things. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate everybody being here, um, and hope you guys stay safe about all the stuff that uh, is going on in the world. So enjoy your gaming, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. 